The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. The great and powerful Young Spots. Joe Rogan. My man. The greater and more powerful Good Joe Good to see you, my brother. What the fuck's happening? Not much. Just been in Austin, did the Vulcan this weekend. It was great. That's a great room. Great room. Great crowds. Been having fun. Austin had barbecue about 15 times already. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I come here, it, I just, I don't have solid shits. It's a tough town to have solid shit, and it's hard you, to find fiber. Do you um, have an issue after you eat there when you say solid shit? What do you mean? What do you mean by solid shit? I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, there's just no fiber in the meal. It's just meat, jalapenos, cheddar that, sausage. There's a little fiber in those. A little tiny bit. Not enough Coleslaw? To, a little coleslaw. Get the coleslaw in there to lube up the pipes. Yeah, I got some peach cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> There is a layer of grease around it, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the body shape is consistent amongst people that enjoy barbecue. Yeah. It is a hearty body shape. It's very it parish, yeah. Very farmer fucking bear, bear huggish. Yeah. There. Lost me. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, but it's the fucking best barbecue on earth. You know what all came from uh, German immigrants? I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was like black people food. Adam Curry explained the whole thing to me. Germans came over here from... Uh, Germany, yeah, and they smoke their meat over there. It's a yeah. common way they prepare meat. So, like smoked sausages and stuff like that, like those jalapeno cheddar sausages they have at Terry Black's. That like originally started out German food. Oh, yeah, they're they're like really good at smoking meat. Yeah, you know, it's like when you go to Montreal and you uh, they have smoked meat sandwiches. You know, like the, the Jews, that's the way they handle their brisket and their corned beef and, and stuff like that. And then they do it differently over here, but it all comes from Germany. Oh, huh. yeah. wild? That is wild. They do like their meat over there. I've, oh, yeah. I went there. Their, their cuisine is atrocious. Is it? German it, food? I went to like a four-star uh, German restaurant in Munich, and it was just, it was ballpark food. It was like Frank applesauce, sauerkraut, and, that, and mustard. When you go to a place like Italy, the food is so good. It's amazing they get them to go to war. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. I think that's my theory, my, my conspiracy theory about why English food was so bland. Yeah. Well, England dominated the fucking world yeah. forever yeah. with that bullshit-ass food. And the Germans, too. Yeah. They don't know. <laughs> Nobody was fucking grateful. <laughs> Thailand's not taking over anybody. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to enjoy life, so they, right. they're motivated. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, how'd they talk the Italians into doing it? I don't, they, they barely did. I mean, they weren't that good. No offense. They weren't that great fighters. I mean, they invaded Greece, World War II. We beat the shit out of them. Yeah, listen, my people are not designed for that. No. They're not designed to go to war. But they were with the Roman army, which is wild. That is true. Back then, when syphilis was running rampant, everybody yeah. was dying when they were 12. <laughs> yeah. You could get people to fight easier. <laughs> <laughs> what well, was that before Marco Polo? Like maybe that was before Marco Polo brought the the noodle over. Like maybe that was right. before maybe pre the noodle ruined everything. Ruined everything. They well, figured out pasta. Yeah, once they got the pasta, they were like, dude, I, I what can't. the fuck is yeah. this? Uh, it's just too good. I can't. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like the food that we consider uh, Italian food is, uh, we think of it as uh, it's East Coast immigrant Italian food. Yeah. You know, I really, I learned that from Bourdain. He explained all that shit to me. That It's like we think of our food over here is like what immigrants would eat, and they would make everything very filling, 
and you know, a lot of pasta and a lot of like uh, breading in the meatballs and lasagna and all that stuff. You don't really find that that much in Italy. Yeah, no, they you know you can't find a good uh, chicken parm hero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or lasagna. Yeah. They're a always spicy like... rigatoni. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking American food. Yeah. You get it in Italy, they give you like four gnocchi. Yeah. And it's like very light, and they eat such small portions. And when you're American, you're like, where is the lumberjack special? Well, I guess that's probably real similar to a lot of Chinese food over here, right? Like, I mean, how authentic is... There's a lot of Americanized Chinese food with a heavy monosodium glutamate. Yeah, I don't which, think Which, by that... the way, is fucking delicious. Yeah. There's a reason why they use it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they... I don't think they have General Tso's chicken over there. Probably don't. No, and I don't even think Indians have chicken tikka masala just they figured out something like white americans like and they went with it oh sort of like when you get uh chilean sea bass that's not a sea bass right that's a cod yeah and if you get chicken in china i think like it's the foot like they'll you know how like you'll (laughs) here you'll sue if you see a chicken foot over there they're like "Mm, nice that's what i was hoping for right can i get um some uh rat fritters on the side that's what interesting about some cultures they take food that we would just chuck and they make it delicious like, like Mexicans with menudo, when you get all the, uh, the, the what is it called? Uh, it's intestines, but it's, uh, what is the word for it? Tripe? Yes, tripe. So it's like cow stomach and stuff like that. And it's all boiled up in this pot with this like heavy, thick, spicy red sauce. You ever have menudo, like real menudo from a real, legit Mexican spot? I haven't, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. There were some spots in L.A. where you could get menudo. And there's this one, what's it called? The Big Burrito that was in... Um, they have like weekend menudo at some of these spots. Like yeah. They only cook it up on Saturday and Sunday when everyone's hungover. It's fucking insane. Well, the and- Greeks have the same thing. Uh, it's a delicacy, and I love it, and I was raised on it. It's called kokoretsi, which is the guts of the oh. lamb wrapped in the intestines, and it's delicious. And then mayaritsa, the soup, they put the guts in the soup, and it's delicious. Isn't that what chitlins is? Kind of, yeah, yeah, Isn't that, yeah. I think it's the same thing. It, how do you you spell it differently, right? It's spelled like chitterlings, I think. And I think it's the, you, they do the pig. Say, it's the is pig. It pig intestines. Yeah, I think it's is the that pig what it intestines. is? Yeah, we do we do the lamb, dude. Greeks are the biggest predator of lambs. Mm, it's not right. like the wolves. It's Greeks. Lamb's very good for you. Ah, oh, it's great. It's very easy to digest, apparently. For um, like uh, you know, Jordan Peterson is on that carnivore diet thing. His wife is, but she only eats lamb. And she's found like that's the, her sweet spot is just only eating lamb. It's very nutritious. Yeah, it's sweet meat. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. But it's also a baby lamb what or can a baby you sheep. Yeah, rather that's what a lamb is. Yeah, what can you do? It's like we have a name for it. Yeah. We're just eating babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what veal is too. Like if you have a veal parmesan, yeah, you're eating a, a baby cow. Yeah. But well, the, the thing is, like, is that. Worse or better than killing it when it's older and eating? I was about to think that, yeah. Is it better, like, to, to not let it have a good life so it doesn't... I think it's fine. The lamb thing is different than the veal thing, though. Because the veal thing is actually a process where they give a baby cow anemia. The way they used to do it, they used to tie... It's really horrific. They used to tie them up, and they would feed them, like... Some of them were milk-fed. They would call it milk-fed. Um, veal, but I don't know if that's how they did it. I don't know what they fed them, but whatever they fed them, they kept them in the dark. They kept them motionless so that they have no muscle. Like whatever you get, it's a very small amount of meat that's on it in comparison to a cow, obviously. But that that meat is just soft as butter, which yeah. is kind of creepy. 
It's creepy, but not even kinda. But what, are we anthropomorphizing it though? Like, does the does the lamb know? Does the animal know? We know. Yeah, we know. We yeah. know. Yeah. That's why you know. To me, it's always been weird if people freak out if you eat bears. If you tell people that you eat bear, they're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like, if there's a thing out there that you should be eating, it's bears. But trigonosis. Yeah, but you just same with pork. Yeah. You just cook it. Yeah. You just have to make sure you have a meat thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got to be perfect, right, with bear, though, or else you, yeah. you got to like yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you can get it. And yeah. uh, um, apparently, according to my friend Steve Ranella, who's an expert in this because he actually has trichinosis, um, he said that 90% of all the cases in trichinosis in this country come from people eating black bear. How many people are eating black bear? A lot. You'd be surprised. It's yeah, got- you'd, you'd be surprised, particularly in Alaska. They eat it a lot up there. They eat it a lot in um, places where it's traditional to hunt there, like Montana, even in New Jersey. New Jersey finally is reinstituting the uh, bear hunt because the governor, one of the things he ran on was stopping the bear hunt. But then human bear encounters rose by over 200%. There was a lot of human bear encounters with aggressive bears. And so they said, oh, you really do need to manage these populations because they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it only takes like, a couple of years for a bear to get big enough to fuck you up. It's, yeah. not, like a, it's not like a person, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's quick. Yeah. And so then you have like, these four or five-year-old giant fucking bears running around eating people's dogs, tearing up your neighborhood. They're, they're like real predators. They don't know the rules. They have them up by me, and supposedly, are they dangerous? Because people are like, ah, oh, they're not dangerous. So of they, course they're dangerous. They always run away. They Most just, of the time they run away. Yeah. But they're 100% capable of killing you. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a chicken. Yeah. That's... It's not a wild chicken running loose. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see that uh, video of the two duking it out in Far Rockaway, New Jersey? No. Oh, my God, dude. They're so Far Rockaway. It's like a very nice neighborhood. Very, very like, suburban neighborhood. And there's these bears that look like they're easy 300 plus pounds, and they're going to war, knocking over trash cans, fighting the street, cars are pulled over and stopped, and they're fighting over which bear gets to raid the garbage. Because <laughs> they, all, they all eat the garbage. When a bear finds out there's garbage in an area, he's coming back. So look at these guys. Imagine, your fucking house. This is your, look at the size of those things, man. And they're duking it out right on the front lawn. Those are big ass bears, man. They're shooting the fair one. And so these these bears are fighting over territory. The territory being the garbage. Yeah, the garbage. Yeah. And also breeding. So this is probably around the time where the females are getting hot. Yeah. So it could be one of two things that they're fighting over, or both of those things. Or just dominance. Like, they don't want another big male trying to take over the territory. So these guys are, they're like lions that are duking it out, except they're doing it for someone's fucking mailbox. <laughs> That's a giant predator, man. That's crazy. Like, yeah. like, if that thing chased you down and wanted to kill you, you would have zero chance of survival. Yeah. Zero. Absolutely zero. They say don't run, right? Don't turn your back. You're supposed to There's pretend no like you're a bear. All that shit's bullshit. Yeah. There's, it depends. Depends on why it's attacking you. It depends on if it's a mother with cubs that just wants to neutralize a threat or if it's predatory. And with black bears, they're more likely to be predatory than grizzly bears are with people. Most of the attacks on grizzly bears and people, it's a surprise thing. like you, Or a mother with a cub. But, or occasionally an old male that's like having a hard time catching deer and elk, so just decides to start fucking you up. But black bears are, for whatever reason, they've killed quite a few people. It's not as many as like car accidents and heart attacks. Right. But it could. 
Right. It could get high. Well, it all depends on if you let them grow where they're everywhere, like coyotes are. Yeah. You got a real fucking problem. Yeah. It's not not that it could, but I'm saying if that happened. All right. I'm getting bear spray. That's it. <sighs> I'm getting bear, bear spray, spray doesn't necessarily work. So should what 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 takes these things down? Bullets. All right. Well, yeah. I, I it's almost like you need to scare them off with a gun or shoot them. Yeah. Depending upon what's happening, you know. But it's fucking terrifying. That people anthropomorphize those things and, and turn them into like teddy bears and yogi bear and this and that. And, and if you kill one and eat it, people will absolutely get furious at you. Right. But I'm here to tell you, I've done it and they taste good. Right, right. They taste good and we should probably do more, more of it. It's okay. Like, they're, they're out there. <laughs> like, you need them too. You know, they're a part of the ecosystem. You need them to manage the populations of undulates so they'll eat all the calves. Do they eat deer? Oh, yeah, yeah. They because eat babies. There's too many deer. They mostly, uh, I mean, they're, they have incredible senses of smell. And so they can smell when a female's given birth. So if they're anywhere downwind of a female given birth, they're going to find that baby. And they're yeah. going to go eat it. They eat something like 50% of all uh, uh, like uh, elk calves and, and deer fawns. 50% of them get eaten by bears. I always wonder about that because the deer fawns, they, the mother just leaves the fawn, right? Mm, in the grass yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And uh, somehow it's like doesn't have a scent on it yet or something. So it, 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 I don't know what that is. Like, I mean, how could it not have a scent? We, I saw one once just like chilling by itself and we went and we petted it. And we were like, is it dead? Because I didn't know that that's what deers did. And then eventually it ran off after I pet it, like, uh, petted it again. It, it ran off. But it was by itself just kind of laying under a tree. Yeah, when they're really, really, really young, they just stay put. Yeah. Which is very vulnerable. Um, maybe it's because like, it's like, they figured out like the mother can't really watch them and get food. But how's the mother even getting food? How she, does she give? Is it just milk? I guess it's just milk I when guess. they're that young. And then I wonder how long afterwards they can start eating grass. Yeah, I don't know. But they walk right away, which is crazy. Yeah, like right the, out like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, we're the only animal that comes out just fucking useless for two years. We are so useless. Probably more <laughs> than two years. Probably two years back in the day where you, things were rougher. Right. Yeah. I mean, a two-year-old my... dog can protect your house. Yeah. <laughs> two-year-old dog's like forty-five years old in man years. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah. Two-year-old dogs are big dogs. Yeah. They're fully grown. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my dog was probably like at five months. He was probably like fifty, sixty pounds. Yeah. They they you know? they're more ready to deal with the harshness of reality. Not my dog, dude. My dog's not dealing with any harshness. Well, I mean, you know, but if you if you turned your dog, if you turned Marshall into a working dog, like if it was bred to be aware, it's ready. Well, I'll tell you what he is. He's the enemy of all squirrels. That motherfucker loves squirrels. Oh, he's got it out for squirrels. He's got it out for squirrels. Yeah. That's his number one hobby is yeah. hunting squirrels. <laughs> it's crazy because it's like, other than that, he's the sweetest dog of all time. Yeah. But with swir squirrels, he's the boogeyman. He's yeah. a murderer. Yeah. He's just kind of, he's kind of soft. You know, he's a big fluffy guy. <laughs> so he's not like. He's not like a fucking raptor. Like, he's really clever about how he approaches it. But he catches him slipping. Yeah. <laughs> he catches him slipping. He's caught quite a few slipping. It's cool when you see, like, a sweet dog, and, and, and then that instinct comes out, that killer wolf instinct comes out around it's squirrels. Weird. They're just, and then they see a fucking squirrel, and they lock in, and they it's just want to murder. My dog, uh, my dog did that to a skunk recently. Oh, no. Yeah. It's my first <laughs> brush with that. It is brutal. That happened to me when I was 13. Dude, skunks are effective. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. We had to get uh, tomato juice. This was like when I was uh, 13 when we had a dog that got attacked by a skunk. This is 79 or 
80 or something like that. I guess it was 1980. So no one knew. There was no fucking solvents you could buy at the pet store that cleaned that shit off. You used tomato juice. Yeah, I don't even think any of that stuff works, too. I mean, this happened like a couple months ago. My dog still <laughs> smells like a homeless person. It's like a homeless person sleeping in my house. <laughs> it's so crazy how effective that smell is. It was so funny to watch, too, because my dog, I saw my dog saw this, see the skunk. And my dog's sweet, too. She's so sweet. She saw this, she saw the skunk, and I could see in her mind, she was going like, oh, it's just like a tiny little squirrel. I'm about to fuck this shit up. <laughs> so she lunges at it, and skunks are badass, dude. They're like, they're like the NRA, uh, like, gun-carrying Republicans of the animal kingdom. Because my dog's ready to fucking do jujitsu, fuck it up, and that skunk just went, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I'm strapped. You know what I mean? My dog lunges, and the skunk just turns around and fucking laser beam diarrhea shot right in the face. <laughs> Dude, you were there for the whole thing? I saw the whole thing. <laughs> Dude, they're the only animal that's strapped. <laughs> they got strapped. a gun. It's true. And it's effective. They got bear spray. Yeah. And I read, like, less than 4 or 5% of skunks get killed by predators. Like, it's a really effective defense mechanism. Wow. Yeah. And they're tiny. And then the skunk, after he sprayed the dog, he just kind of walked away like business as usual. Another <laughs> another motherfucker stepped up and found out. <laughs> oh, my God. When I was a kid, I had a cat that looked like the raccoon. And we were convinced that the dog probably thought that that raccoon or that or the rather the skunk was my cat because we had a white and black cat it was like real close to skunk looking it was yeah. a very fluffy cat yeah did it uh did he attack did he stay away from it like i fucking no 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 i think that's I, well, I'm, i was dumb i was 13 i didn't know anything about animals he probably knew it was a skunk or knew it was something other than his cat yeah. like that he lived with it's but like, i thought maybe he came up to like hey what's up and it just gets blasted <laughs> yeah. in the face what the fuck <laughs> You're not Tony. <laughs> the smell is so potent so, up close. You know what they say it's like? It's like, you know how a bloodhound can track a person with just like a little bit of clothing? You know, they're using their ears and shit and all the, the jowls. The reason why all that stuff is floppy is because it kicks up smell. Oh. You know how like disgusting people fart and then they go like that yeah. smell? <laughs> <laughs> Take a good whiff of their farts. Yeah. Well, that's wafting up smell. Yeah. Well, that's what that bloodhound's doing when it's running. Because they're running and their oh. ears are flopping and all the, the lips are, all that shit is moving around. And it's sending that smell into this super powerful nose. Well, the way they smell stuff is kind of the way, it's similar in, in like the ability to detect it. Like we smell skunk. That's so interesting. Because, you know, a skunk can blast someone a couple of blocks away. Yeah. And you're driving home you in your it. fucking car. <laughs> and you're like, wow, somebody got a skunk. Oh, Jesus. But it could be pretty far away from yeah, you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like right there. Yeah. And the wind takes it, kind of just pull it. Yeah. Apparently, that's what it's like to be a bloodhound. You're like, what the fuck is Where, Where's that bitch? Yeah. Where the fuck is he? Yeah. Now. A bear's nose is something in the range of, see how much stronger a bear's nose is than a bloodhound? Because I don't want to overstate this. But I think it's like 900%. More than 900% more powerful. That's insane. Something crazy, like nine times more powerful. Wow. I might have exaggerated. Right. But it's, it's a lot better. Yeah. We'll find out what the actual number is. Seven times. I exaggerated. That's still, Seven times more than a, a bloodhound. Yeah. They use bloodhounds to find fucking people to just smell their shoes and yeah. catch them running through the woods. Well, if you think about it, a dog has what, like nine Dude. million more uh, smell receptors in their nose or yeah. something. So if you think about it that way, then a bear seven times more than that, that's insane. Not, not even just a regular hound. A bloodhound that's designed for that. 
So a blood or a bear has 2,100 times better smell than a human. That's insane. Yeah, they could sniff lunch yesterday on you. They probably can pick yeah. out the pickles. Yeah. Right? They just smell the pickle in the barrel. Yeah. Oh, there's pickles in that barrel. Yeah. There's a sandwich. Somebody left a Chick-fil-A in that fucking barrel. Yeah, it's insane. When you think about, like, how smart we are, we're pretty smart, but if you... It, you can equal. You could say that they're equally as smart in another way. Like to be able to smell like that is like a superpower. It's a superpower. Yeah. It's definitely not smart. But one of the things that's happened is as we've gotten smarter, we've had less need for senses. So our senses now like I'm fucking so bad at knowing how to get places, and I've been here for two years. Yeah. Because I'm always relying on my phone. Yeah. I'm. A, why would I fucking pay attention? I got other shit to pay attention to. I'm busy. Yeah. Tell me how to get to Terry Black. Yeah. Boink. Poke yeah. it in there, and it just tells me where to go. Yeah. Because of that, like I've sort of like opted off that sense of direction to a machine. Yeah. I don't know anyone's number anymore. Yeah. Do you? No. Do you know anyone's number? I don't even know my wife's number. No. I know my wife's and maybe, oh, Eddie Bravo's. I got Eddie Bravo's memorized. That's right. it. Right. That's all I know. Everybody else is like, I got to look at my phone. Yeah. It's, we've opted off our memory to it. And we've opted off all of our other senses to civilization. You know, you don't need to smell everything if you're living in a fucking house. You're pretty protected. You know? Oh, you got guns now? Well, you barely need a, a sixth sense. You're yeah. Yeah, nothing Nothing is sneaking up behind you when you're walking through the fucking woods with a bunch of guys with guns. Yeah. Right? We're totally detached. Yeah, we're, but there's probably yeah. some atrophy in just natural detection and senses. Do you think we used to be able to smell better before oh, all this stuff? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 100%. Hundred, I think. I, I think every biologist would probably agree that we lost some senses, and we, we certainly lost like physical strength and hair all over our bodies to protect us from the elements. Why? Because we invented clothes. Clothes yeah. are better. Yeah. So once you get covered up in clothes, you don't fucking need them. Yeah. And smell probably was super important back then, right? Because like you'd be able to smell uh, rotten meat or you'd, sure. you know, bacteria and sure. things. Yeah. And you'd also be able to smell animals. Yeah. Like when you go elk hunting and you're walking through the woods, you smell elk beds. You smell them. Like guys will turn and look at each other. You, go, you smell that? You smell that? And you can smell like this wafty smell of elk. Yeah. I like they have a very specific smell. And that's just a bitch ass nose like mine. Right. You know, useless fucking nose. <laughs> Yeah, is there any, maybe there's a way to strengthen it, like take it to the nose gym and just like maybe. do like sniffle lifts. Right, you gotta ima ima imagine those guys like um, the uh, wine guys. What are they called again? Sommeliers. Sommeliers. So sommeliers. Yeah. Like they ha they have a sense of smell that's probably far superior. Yeah. Right. They're smelling the oaks and the tannins and they're smelling the vintage. Like that's part of their gig is they smell it. Right. Yeah. 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 So they they train it. They probably yeah. that's like they train it to get good. They have it has a, to be. Yeah. I mean, or they're just things. lying, or they're just going doing it for show and going like. You well, know. people have educated ears, right? Like people, like music composers, they have educated ears. Like they're they're hearing things that probably you or I. Do you play any musical instrument? No, I played piano when I was little. I don't play shit. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. I just enjoy it. So for me, I'm uneducated ear. Right. I'm just listening, but they're listening in terms of like they understand where the music is going and where the beats are, and like they could see it if it was written out on paper. They could read music on paper. Right. And uh, do you think you could train it though to get stronger? Like, like more so aware you could, for sure because you have more information. Right? But like, hard, like so you can hear things that you know are farther away or less wonder, lower man. in I volume. Wonder. No wonder. Probably not. Like when, I think it's probably an evolutionary thing. It's probably an, an over time the organ just got less powerful. But I bet the organs vary. 
like uh, Cam Haynes and I are the same age, but that motherfucker's vision is so much better than mine. My vision sucks. Like if I'm looking at my phone now, I gotta like fucking get squirrely with it. In the morning, I don't even. I put reading glasses on. I don't even bother trying to read the email on my fucking phone with no glasses and screw something up. Yeah, me too. You it's, know, it's very blurry. But Cam can has no problem. Who's Cam? Cam Haynes, my my buddy. He's oh. the same age as me. Uh-huh. So he has zero problem with his eyes. Yeah, which is very disturbing to me. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like organs are better on some people. It's just like some people have bigger dicks. Some people have better brains. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, these are real things. Yeah. You know, and some people can hear better. Yeah. They just have better hearing. Yeah. You know, that some people have better eyesight. Yeah. I'm sure people have a better sense of smell. Yeah. You don't think Ari's sense of smell is better than yours? <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> You're out of your mind. If you want to fucking have a smell off with Ari Shafir, that dude has a massive advantage on you. He's got a snout. Yeah. The bit that he does in his special about doing coke. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny. His special was so good. Uh, it was, it really was, it, I think it made me think at least like, damn, I, I, I want to step it up for the next one. I may, maybe have it a, be about a theme or at least make the production look as good as he did. I just had him on my podcast and he was telling me about how he really put a lot of money and effort into the, the set and even the lighting around the, um, yeah. the theater. It looked so good. Yeah. And he'd been working on it for five years and it showed, man, it was, it was really refreshing and. The timing couldn't have been better. I mean, the Kanye basically was his PR. It's amazing. <laughs> the timing's amazing. It was so perfect. The time is like the universe threw him a bone. <laughs> That's really what it was. Like, Ari, you've been a good guy. The universe yeah. is throwing, throwing you a bone now. Yeah. And he did the work. He did it the right way. He worked on it for a long time. I got a chance to see it here at the Creek in the Cave in Austin. And I'd seen it before, like a couple, couple years back, and it was way better now. It was just really tight and... He seemed playful with it, and he's had such an amazing life. I mean, that guy was basically a super religious. Was I guess he's Orthodox? What yeah, was he? he was, Orthodox he was, Jew. Yeah, Orthodox Jew. Yeah, and quit. Yeah, to fuck this. Yeah. But he he has this experience to draw upon and convert to comedy that's different than anybody's. Yeah. So when he talks about it, it's not like you or I making a joke about something crazy that's in the Torah. Like he he grew up on it. He knows it. He's, yes. he's an expert in it. And he's a legit professional stand-up comic. And he's a legit professional Jew. I mean, he's yeah. Jewish all the way. Yeah. <laughs> From soup to nuts. It was uh it also did that thing I think that comedy does best where it like um it brought everyone together by exposing all these uh, you know kind of strange things that we consider strange now in the modern world and saying like hey man you know you have that too in your religion yeah you know and so it made you think of the stuff that uh was similar to those weird things in your religion i know i felt that way i was thinking about you know greek orthodox church and all the strange things they make you do and you're like yeah we're we're all the same we just have different uh, superstitions and you know what beliefs. religion is like it's like when congress signs a bill and how how much did you read of that bill? Yeah. There's a three thousand page bill. You got it forty eight hours ago. What the fuck are you signing? Yeah. So there's probably a lot of shit in that bill that you don't agree with. Yeah. But the bill overall, the tone of the bill is going to do some good in the community. Right. And so you're willing to go along yeah. with it. That's what it's like. Yeah. That's what the Bible is like. That's what the Torah is like. That's what all these religions are like. They're like a big ass congressional bill that nobody ever read through all the way. But you agree with it because the tribe agrees. With it. Yeah, this yeah. is better for the community. This is better for our people. That's a great point. It's ex- I think that's great about it. It's kind of exactly like that. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same fucking shit. That's why those patterns exist in cults. 
Those patterns exist in religions and in government. It's, it's groups of people that have extraordinary power and they get to a position and they control people and they control people with an ideology. Whether that ideology is political or it's a democratic party or whether it's religious or it's the Catholic church, or it's, a, it's the same kind of thing. It just happens kind of every time human beings get in a big group of people together. Why do you think that is? What is it in uh, human nature that makes us prone to that to we just, get bored you think that's we what get it is bored yeah. and did we want to take over a flock and start fucking everybody's wife yeah give me all the money <laughs> we get bored what else is he supposed to do he's got his own cult well everybody's listening to me now well how far can i take this i'm gonna start banging people's wives they always go there man it's like the natural progression the caterpillar becomes the butterfly yeah. the fucking cult leaguer he bangs everybody's wife Dude, I was uh, I was flying in when I was flying in Austin this time. I was watching uh, a Nixta. What is it called again, Jamie? The the Al the Albany cult, Nixium. Oof. I was watching the the documentary on that. And so when I got off the plane, I was watching on my phone, and uh, I saw my buddy Matteo Lane. He's a really funny uh, comic, and he's gay. And um, so I was I, my head was blown. So I just started talking about it immediately. I'm like, this dude, because what he was doing, he was, he was fucking all these girls, and he was branding them. Oh, he was branding them right That's by their right. vaginas. I and I was talking to him, and he just goes, Mateo Lane goes, it made me laugh so hard. He goes, Jesus, what straight guys have to go through just to fucking get laid? <laughs> <laughs> Got to start a cult. You have to, like, go through all this manipulation just to get some pussies. <laughs> That's I was like, hilarious. You're right. Like, gay guys just throw their abs on a dating site, and they're just Bam, like, let's inundated. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they get anything done. Like, I have a buddy of mine. He's a good-looking guy, and he's on the dating apps, and he fucking can't get anything done. And he told me he's swearing off the apps now. Yeah. You know, and but when we were talking about Will Will Harris, sorry Will, he, he talked about it on the podcast though, right? He did, right? Yeah. Will's this big, tall, handsome guy, and everywhere, and he's successful, and everywhere he goes, that fucking thing's blowing up. Like if you're on those apps, you're not going to get anything done. Yeah. You you're not going to be able to think straight. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to get a relationship, like a real relationship. Like how are you gonna do that? Yeah. Unless you you like really playing musical chairs. And when that music stops, you got a chair, and you're going to stay in that chair. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not getting back on that app. You don't even get a check. Yeah. You know, like someone will say you something sarcastic in a text. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, fuck her. I'm going to check the app. Yeah. And then, and then you're swiping right, or what is it? Left, uh, right? What, yeah. Whatever it is. I'm you're, awful. You're, you're giving them a star, a thumbs up, whatever the fuck you have to do. Yeah, swipe right or swipe left on yeah. the Tinder, yeah. What they're doing is it's like you have too much access. It's They've taken away the challenge or the hunt of anything. It's a fuck fest. Yeah. It's a wild fuck fest. You could basically order pussy to your house like like food delivery. Yeah, or yeah. dick. Whatever or dick. You want. Yeah, whatever it is. The dick comes easier. And quicker how, too. How long before people are doing it virtually? You know? How long before when they develop haptic feedback suits and fucking neural links and put on VR goggles, people are just gonna f just fuck random strangers virtually and it won't even count. Yeah. I actually thought about this, right? Like I used to always want a quick death. Because, <laughs> you know, I always used to say, like, dude, I just want a quick death. But then I'm like, I started thinking, like, if I have a quick death, then I'm only going to be able to think of, like, one person and, like, be like, oh, I'm going to miss that person. I love that person because it's so quick. But now I want, like, a long, drawn-out death because of the metaverse. Because, like, you could have cancer and be incapacitated, but you could just go in the metaverse and be walking and fucking. And there's got to be some pleasure 
and living mentally in the metaverse, even though you're dying of like some terminal disease. Once something I'm comes like, keep up, me alive. I'm yeah, in the metaverse. I got a girlfriend. I got a house. I got. Well, a wife. maybe it'll keep you alive anyway. Maybe if you're really hooked up to a thing, it'll just keep your consciousness alive because you keep your body alive electronically. Like that's that's totally. I mean, they do that kind of with respirators and when they're, they they use those heart pumps on people when they're having a heart surgery, they take your fucking heart out. Yeah, and you're still alive. Yeah, and they put a new one in there and then they reconnect everything, which is fucking wild. That is wild. It fucking is fucking wild. They can do it, right? Oh, they do it. And man. they get something that just keeps your heart beating. They yeah. can keep your heart beating. Yeah, and then just put your consciousness. My friend C.T. Fletcher's got a, someone else's heart. In his chest. It's crazy. He came on before the podcast and after the podcast. And he thinks it's a woman. He thinks it's a woman's... They don't tell you whose it is. Right. He, just, he has a feeling that it's an Asian woman. Wow. Yeah, just randomly, I think. Did he like... He said that, right? I'm not out of school with that. Did he find himself like <clears throat> going and putting a jab application in at a, at a massage place? <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, it must be an Asian you woman. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know... Uh, it's uh, it's interesting when people go through something like that too, because then they become like very, very compassionate and very, uh, very aware that they've been given a new lease on life, and you know, and then you're also like deeply connected to this family of the people of the person who died and donated their heart, and that's keeping you alive. And you, you can meet these people like you have a part of, of their loved one inside of you, which is pretty wild. That is so wild to think about. Wild yeah. that they can do that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be able to 3D print them, man. That's going to be the future. They're going to be able to 3D print hearts and organs and liver and kidneys. They've already started doing shit like that. That's going to be wild. Would you, like, I don't even know if I'd want to continue to live past, Listen, like, bitch, you know, you're going to keep going. Keep going, right? You're going to keep going. Why yeah. not? You could, they could turn you into Thor. Yeah. But don't you think it would get trite? Everything would kind of just get trite? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah. suck. Yeah. But it's going to happen. <laughs> gonna happen there'll be no more bobby kelly's they won't exist anymore right. everyone's gonna be perfect yeah not that bobby's not perfect he's per but the perfect the flawed you mean his, perfection you mean look. yeah yeah the, but the flawed perfection is one of the beautiful things of life and that's what we're gonna miss you're not gonna get your joey diaz's mm -hmm. you're not gonna get your patrice o'neill's or your louis ck's you're not gonna get any like really weird people that had to go through a strange childhood to develop the personality that they have now which everybody loves so much yeah like all the crazy people that we know, they all had like some very unideal childhood. Yeah, that maybe that's the if if there's simulators or a god or whatever, maybe that's the whole point of this was for humanity to evolve all the way up to get to that point where we can achieve perfection, and then they just pull the plug, and that's that's how they because they always they always win. I mean, nature always wins one way or the other. Nature wins, right? But universes also exist, right? So, like black holes exist. Quasars exist, comets exist, all this stuff exists. So how does it how did it get to the point where things evolve to the point where human beings have cell phones, human beings have electric cars, human, human beings have like we we were animals in the forest and now we have nuclear bombs. Like we're that far along. The idea that it stops right there is crazy. I think we just keep integrating with technology and eventually we be, we become like a god. I think whether it's a thousand years from now or a hundred thousand years from now, I think if the human being stays alive, the species stays alive, and nothing happens that resets us back into the fucking dark ages again, we get to a technological point where we control everything in the universe. I think that's what a god is. I think that's what happens to intelligent life when it gets to this ultimate state of technological achievement and control over its environment. Do that's we... probably what the universe made us for. 
so we're like little little fucking salmon spry. What are they called? Fry. Yeah. Little little fuckers going up the river, not even exactly sure what they're doing, but the universe has a plan for us to feed a bear. <laughs> to feed a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, yeah. I mean, the universe has a plan for everything. I think there's there's like a legitimate pathway. I mean, it, obviously that plan can get fucked up, but then it restarts. The, the universe doesn't give a fuck about time. If the whole earth explodes, like if our earth gets hit with another planet, like it did in the past. Like there used to be Earth 1, and then Earth 1 was hit by another planet, which created the moon. That's a leading theory, right? Isn't that the, just a theory? Is that a theory, or do they know that that's real? Just roll with it. Yeah. I, but I think that's definitely a theory. But the, the point is that we got hit by a fucking planet. Right. A planet hit us, and then everything sort of just got obliterated. Life slowly evolved and came out of that and became what we are now. Like we, This, what we are, survived getting hit by a planet. It just wouldn't do it in a hundred years. Our problem is we're fucked because our timeline's so little. This little BB timeline, little blinky blinky 100 years. In terms of the universe, that's a nothing. It's... The universe is fine with restarting civilization back to cave people and then having them figuring it out again. They don't doesn't give a shit. But maybe it's just part of the plan that we end and then and then like rats and roaches get to evolve. That could happen too. And go to like rat and roaches cafes and Well, that's a good question. Like why didn't the fucking go put that back up again? Why didn't dinosaurs evolve? Collision with lost second satellite would explain moon's asymmetry. Oh wow. So Earth may have had two moons. Earth once had two moons with merged into a slow motion collision that took several hours to complete. Whoa. Imagine seeing that. Imagine looking up in the sky and two moons collided with each other and are merging. Holy fuck. Both satellites would have formed from debris that was ejected when a Mars-sized protoplanet smacked into Earth late in its formation period. Yeah, so that's what I was talking about. Whereas traditional theory states that the infant moon rapidly swept up any rivals or gravitationally ejected them into, the, into interstellar space, the new theory suggests that one body survived parked in a gravitationally stable point in the Earth-Moon system. Wow. So we got the Earth got a stocked and smacked to, to make Boom. it. That's more like a Francis Ngannou left hook. That's a, that's <laughs> a, we get hit by a planet, son. Yeah. That's a real problem. But that can happen again. And if yeah. that happens again, the universe doesn't care. Right. We just care because our timeline's so little. Right. So we're like frantic and anxious because we have so little time. And we realize in the greater scope of everything, it's not that important. Yeah. It's, it's only important to you. And it's important to people who love you. It might even be important to communities and might be important to civilization. Right. At the end of the day, the universe, if you keep going, that, that fucking Alpha Centauri doesn't give a fuck if you make it or not. Right. It doesn't give a fuck if you're late for tra for work, if you're stuck in traffic. It doesn't care if you have a flat tire. It doesn't care if you get cancer. It doesn't care. We just want to keep it going because now we're aware of it. And... Because we have a we have a goal. Yeah. We're, we're trying to become the next thing. And we have it good. It, like, things are good now. Pretty nice. Yeah. Like, if, if my life was horrible, I, would, I wouldn't care as much. You know, now that I have kids, I care more. Like, I always wonder, like, a guy like John Stamos... Him dying is probably going to be harder than me dying because, like, you're just not going to want to stop being John Stamos. It's a good he's going to go to heaven and be like, 
it's not that great. It was pretty yeah. fucking. I just had it. He had the a best. good spot. Yeah, he had a good spot. Yeah. He just was genetically gifted, musically yeah. talented, great yeah. actor. And then he goes to Greek. Heaven. Yeah, now he's like, I'm just walking down the beach with Jesus. This is kind of a downgrade from where I was. Mm. <laughs> I think we're all going to become a new thing. I really do. And I think it's probably going to happen inside our lifetime. So you think we'll be able to survive the next right hook from like a not, maybe asteroid? Not. Maybe not. We might not. I mean, that's what that whole Graham Hancock series that's on Netflix right now called uh, Ancient Catastrophe. That's what it's called. Ancient Apocalypse. Ancient Apocalypse. That's what it's all about. It's all about the evidence that points to the fact that human beings probably were super advanced um, somewhere before 12,000 years ago, and we got smacked by uh, comet debris. I mean, they even know what the comet is, the torrid uh, comet shower that comes every November and every June, and that, that torrid meteor storm, whatever it is, the meteor cloud, that's, that exists. We, they, they know physically we pass through it, and they know there's some big pieces in there. And they think that some of them smacked into Earth around 12,800 years ago. And there's, like, evidence in core samples. And there's all this evidence in terms of, like, these buildings that they can't explain. Like, where the fuck? Who's making this shit? Really wild stuff, man. So besides the dinosaurs, they think there was something else? No, no, mm. no, no, no. The, they, the idea is that anatomically similar human beings. Mm. They used to think that anatomical human beings were only, like, 50,000 years old. But then they moved it to, like, 200,000 years old. And now they're moving it past three, 400,000 years old. Like us, similar. So that means that's all that time to get better at stuff. Like, think about how much better we got in 200 fucking years. Yeah, what were people doing? I exactly. mean, pick it up, dude. Fucking lazy. Well, they figured out technology, and technology accelerates everything. But if you go from 1820 to 2020, that is not that long. Yeah. In terms of history, that is... You think of, like, the Genghis Khan era, when you think of 1200... You know, 1,200 to 1,400, do you think it's that much of a difference? Yeah. It's all barbarians and crazy folks and syphilis and fucking hacking people to death and shooting arrows at them and shit. They don't even have muskets, right? Did they have? When was the musket? Musket was, like, right before... What year was that? Right before the Revolutionary War. It was, was like, it? Yeah, so it had to be uh, 1700s at some point. Well, the Chinese were the first to figure out gunpowder, yeah. but they did it for fireworks. Yeah. They didn't figure it out for weapons. We took their stuff and just kind of made it better, let's be honest. Well, that's why we, we did owe that. them one with all the electronics. We do, yeah, they, they, but, yeah they're hooking us up now. <laughs> well, they're, st they're stealing all the intellectual property, but like, hey, 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 we had the reason why we're running shit because we stole gunpowder. And the noodle, yeah. The noodle and gunpowder. We took the noodle, yeah. Yeah, but the, the gunpowder thing is legit. And like, yoga, and we took yoga now. Well, that's uh, Indian, actually. Oh, uh, well, South Asian, yeah. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Indians, that's a fascinating culture, right? For thousands of years, they've been doing yoga. Yeah. Who figured that out? Some some dude. So like, they I know also how to stay calm. They also got the Kama Sutra. What is this, Jamie? Musket, fifteen hundreds. seventeen fifty rifles started taking over. Interesting. So fifteen hundreds. So the time from the twelve hundreds to the fourteen hundreds. That ain't shit. Yeah. Nothing changed. Yeah. You still got bows and arrows. You still got swords. You still live in Game of Thrones style. Yeah. Right. That's it. That's the only way you could do it. You got catapults. You know, yeah. those are so unspecific. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, in just 200 years, things are just insane. You could fly to Japan yeah. tonight, right yeah. now, <laughs> in a plane, land in Japan, pay for things with your phone. What? 
We've uh, what? once we figured out a little security, we were able to let our mind and imagination yeah. go. And our noses got shitty. Our noses got shitty. Our ears went bad. I'm telling you, I think it's when we teamed up with dogs. I think that's really what it is. Oh, for sure, yeah. right? That must have had a big effect. Yeah, they think that that had played a role too in us beating out the Neanderthals. Oh, interesting. I thought we just fucked them all. That's what I, I think we probably fu- we probably we, fucked we probably killed a few too. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah, we, we killed people. Why wouldn't we kill other kinds of humans? Yeah. You and know? now they say that I think uh, what like um, I think it's Asians and Europeans, Caucasians have like some Neanderthal Maybe. DNA. I have fifty-seven percent. Yeah, you're about a regular person. <laughs> I do, I do. I got a twenty-three in me. How much do you have? It's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah someone, someone I... fucked a, a, an eight man. <laughs> you know, I was reading something I wanted to ask about on this podcast um, because I want to make sure that this is not just like it's one person who wrote this. Someone uh, wrote about you know they had that um, uh, that Hobbit person on the island of Flores, that three foot tall, tiny person that lived on that island of Flores that they found that lived uh, within human time period. I think like they found bones that were they I think they lived there. What was it like sixteen, seventeen thousand years ago? Something along those lines. They think they might have had the same sort of thing in Hawaii. And they were talking about this legend of this tiny little hairy man that lived on Hawaii. Well, if they lived on the island of Flores, and if at one point in time the sea level was way, way, way lower, like during the Ice Age, and people traveled back. Like when we think of people traveling across the ocean, we think of the ocean that we have. But the ocean right. during the Ice Age was like 400 meters lower. Like crazy distance, right? Something like that. And in some spots, there's giant continents that don't even exist exist anymore. They're just covered over by large swaths of ocean. That is something that Graham Hancock goes over in this thing. Well, if that was the case, and people, had, little tiny people, figured out how to get over to an island at one point in time, there's a thing called island dwarfism. So that like things that live on islands, they get really small, like little tiny elephants and shit, and tiny humans, and that's what they think. Like in order to preserve resources. These people just got really small. Interesting. It's sort of like when you have a plant in a smaller pot. Yeah. Only grows a certain like bonsai trees, yeah. I guess, because you keep trimming them. But yeah. I think that might be a different thing. Well, like I've had some plants where I've had them in tiny pots, and then they didn't grow. They only grew to like this much, and then I put them in bigger pots, and they just fucking. You know what's fucked though? Got bigger. With lizards, the opposite happens. You leave lizards on an island, they get bigger. Wow. That's like the Komodo dragon. Yeah. That fucking thing's huge. Yeah. That's like the biggest monitor lizard. And rats, rats never stop growing, apparently. <gasps> like, they never stop growing. What? Yeah, they're insane. They just keep growing. What's the biggest rat ever? They, there's a big one. There's a fucking big one. What's I was looking at rat? something recently, and it's a massive rat. Also, they, got, they, can, they can chew through brick. Those things are fucking... They're going to survive if we get hit by an asteroid. Well, are their teeth like a beaver teeth where they keep growing? Yeah, they keep growing, and they can chew That's through wild. brick. That's wild. Through brick they can chew. I believe it. Um, They're the Hawaii, nasty, let's too. Let's go to Hawaii thing first before we get to the biggest rat. So I, did did they that. have a legend of a tiny person? There's a myth ah. of something called Menehun, Hawaii. Uh-huh. Here we go. Um, historical accounts of the little people of Hawaii. I guarantee there was probably something similar. I don't guarantee. I'm just taking a guess. But, I mean, if they have the thing in the island of Flores, have you heard about the Hobbit people? No, I've never heard about it. Okay, so this mythical clan of Hawaiian people are known uh, as supernatural stone workers with a long-standing connection to the west side of the island of Kauai, Hawaii. Historically, Hawaiians believe that 
Mena, I don't want to fuck this up. Mena Hune, Hawaiian people, to be small humans. In fact, there was a clan of people on Kauai and another on, how do you say that? Kuaia. Kua. Kau. 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 Area of the Big Island in the early 1800s that Hawaiians identified with an earlier migration. This highly respected R.S. Kukendall, professor emeritus of history at the University of Hawaii, also concluded that the Menahune were humans. Oh, wow. Interesting. But then uh, another guy, ethnologist Bruce Cartwright, slums up, sums up the problem with the lack of any evidence of material culture in the Hawaiian Islands indicating a race of pre-Hawaiians and the lack of ancient traditions relating to such a race other than references to the Menahune people has been a puzzle. However, in 1851, the British... Uh, Bishop, rather, Bishop Museum Bulletin, the Menahun of Polynesia, described as the only survey about Menahun theories, concluded that the Hawaiian people were not real, real humans. So what were they? I don't know. The, this bulletin claimed the Hawaiian culture was altered under the influence of European contact, and thus stone structures whose history had been forgotten were credited to the mythical Menahun. Oh, that's possible, too. Um, but for sure, they existed in the island of Flores because they have bones. And so what they found out is there's a, a mythical creature called the Orang Pendek that lives in, is it like Polynesia or something like that? We've talked about this before. But they still have sightings where people claim to see these tiny little uh, human-like creatures with their covered in hair. They always thought it was bullshit. But then they found them on the island of Flores. They found bones and they found tools. So they think these were in some way, some sort of intelligent human-type creature that lived alongside human beings and lived in this one time period. Wow. In the, so they for sure know that... I don't know how to respond to that. What happened? <laughs> that, <laughs> your fucking watch? Siri. Fucking Siri. Yeah. That bitch is li- always listening. Yeah. Will you um, go to the um, Island of Flores timeline? Um, uh, Homo floresiensis. Floresiensis? That's how you say it. Flor... So essentially Floriensis. there was... Floriensis. Homo Floriensis. Wow. So there was multiple types of hominids living yeah. like, concurrently. Yeah, exactly. So when do they think the... Um, what's the timeline of when they think they existed? So it says now dated from 60,000 to 100,000 years ago. Oh, the most recent evidence of their existence back to 50,000 years ago. Okay, so originally they thought it was 12,000. Okay, here it is. Initially thought to be only 12,000 years ago. However, more extensive stratigraphic, stratigraphic and chronological work has been pushed uh, or has pushed the dating of the most recent evidence of its existence back to 50,000 years ago. The Homo floresiensis skeletal material is now dated from 60,000 years to 100,000 years ago. Stone tools were covered alongside the skeletal remains were from archaeological horizons ranging from 50,000 years ago to 190,000 years ago. So 50,000 years ago, for sure, there's like anatomically similar humans and those things lived along with us. So it's like, when did they die off? Because in order for them to find them, they have to find their bones. And the thing about like leaving bones behind is things eat bones. So, like, if, you, if most things that die in the forest, like, you ain't going to find shit. Like, try finding a dead mountain lion or a dead bear. You'll find them for a little while, and then eventually eat, they'll eat each other. 
they eat the bones and rats will eat the bones and and then you get like little pieces of bone all over the place right. and eventually those will probably be eaten by insects and other creatures like over the course of like a hundred years or a thousand years or five thousand years things almost have to be fossilized or they have to be covered in some mud or some shit where they can dig to them and nothing eats them nothing so like how many of them existed that you have shit that you're finding from 50,000 years ago because right. they found quite a few right like in, when did they die off right. was it 10,000 years ago was it 20 you know did were they around 100 years ago like what what is that right it's hard to know right yeah because they don't have a lot of evidence left to find and if they did live on that island there then they know that was a real thing on planet earth right and if that was a real thing on planet earth and people are seeing them i think is it vietnam where they found the orang, where the people there's been sightings, recent sightings of this orang pen deck, and some of them are by like pretty reputable people. How big were they? Were they like pygmy? Tiny. Like yeah, smaller tinier, than pygmy? Tinier, yeah. you know, like three feet tall. Wow, little tiny hairy people. Yeah, imagine what a trip that would be. Trip. You're walking through the forest, and you know you're with your wife, and she's complaining, and she's swatting mosquitoes, and then all of a sudden you see like you're surrounded by little three feet people. Yeah, and they have like swords. It's wild. Little, yeah. Or spears, rather. Yeah. Bows and arrows and shit. They're coming towards you. Little tiny people. At some at some point, if there was that many different hominids on the planet, it was kind of, it's almost like a supernatural fiction. It was almost like living in Game of Thrones, which is For wild. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they probably preyed on each other's babies. You know, just like, <laughs> like bra- bears do? Yeah, maybe they did, yeah. For sure they did. <laughs> they found out they can get a baby? Or maybe they were super fucking cool. Baboon steal babies. They do, yeah. Yeah, baboons will steal your baby and eat it. Yeah, they they don't play by the rules. No, and uh, polar bears will fucking chase down a baby if they're hungry and just oh, eat it, right? One gulp. Lions. Boop, boop. Yeah. Throw that baby back. Yeah. Boop, boop. I saw a zebra once drown in a rival's baby in the in the water. Oh, geez. it was brutal. Yeah, animals they lack manners sometimes. They don't have yeah. any rules. Yeah. You ever see a komodo dragon chucking down a whole monkey? Oh yeah. Just like when you see them swallow a deer yeah, and shit. They just use their throat and kind of just swallow it. <laughs> yeah. Like a thing that's like half the size of their body, they just swallow it. Uh, Komodo dragons are a thing of nightmares. But they're big and they live on an island. So it's the opposite of island dwarfism with some animals. Yeah. Which is very weird. And Samoans live on an island. They get big as fuck. Big as fuck. They get big as fuck. Well, I bet that they like you had to be hardy to survive. You know? Like back then, like probably the only really strong people survived. On, on Samoa? Look at, like, look at the Vikings, mm-hmm. right? Look at the people that live in Iceland now. Those yeah. are all the descendants of the Vikings. It's not a fucking coincidence why the strongest men in the world, all those strongman competitions, motherfuckers are all uh, Vikings. They're all Scandinavian, yeah. They're all these giant people, like the mountain, like yeah. that dude. Yeah. These, what, what the fuck is that? That is interesting. What and, is that? And then you have all the long-distance runners are always Ethiopian. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some, something about the environment, something about, yeah, the way they interact with the environment. We are animals, right? Like oh, 100%. It it just you know. takes time for us to adapt. Yeah. But over many, many generations, we thoroughly adapt. That's where white people come from. Yeah. We're a big solar panel for vitamin D. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's all how much you interact with the sun and yeah. how much sun there was. There wasn't and, enough sun. People yeah. had to stay alive. Dude, yeah. So they had to adapt. When you go to, like, North Europe, like, the yeah, the weather is like nuclear fallout. It's just a coating of clouds. <laughs> You never see the sun. It's terrible for you. <laughs> it's very terrible for your attitude, yeah. too. Well, so they kill themselves. They're all dour. Yeah. Like it, Seattle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they I think, have the highest suicide rate in uh, yes. North, northern Scandinavia. They just off themselves. Yeah. They need sun. They have sun lamps That's, and shit. The suicide rate in California is pretty high, too, though. 
yeah. unfortunately. But there's different reasons why people do that. Because they ran out of lattes? I think there has to be a balance. <laughs> and I right. think you need a little shit weather to appreciate the nice weather. Totally. You do. You do. You, you need a little yang to your yang. Yeah, California's yeah. like a, a spoiled trust fund baby when it comes to weather. Well, it's, it's not. It's never had to work. Well, at, at least when it comes to LA, it's not. People aren't supposed to be there. There's no natural resources there. That's desert. They got to ship in their fucking water. Yeah. They got to ship in their people. Like that was not supposed to be a place where people settled. How come they haven't figured out that they just need to, like, full-scale suck all the salt out of the ocean? You fucking dummies. I don't know it's, why. Should stop spending all this money on other shit. You've got a water problem. Yeah. You've got all the water in the world right next door. Figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Why do you have all these wildfires? You should have giant fucking hoses that are connected to the ocean that spray water all over the plants and trees. <laughs> spray it everywhere. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? That's what you should. We could be living in a lush jungle. Yeah. It could be amazing here. Yeah. Or in California, at least. I wonder why. I wonder why they they're dumb. Out. Yeah. They're not as smart as us, Giannis Papas. Yeah. We got to figure it out, bro. We're right here figuring every <laughs> single thing out. <laughs> Figured it all out. We figured out about these uh, hominids. We got it all figured out. They've done a little bit of that desalination, but never like large scale where they could turn all the brown spots into green. Well, they should. When they do that, probably then like all those places that are threatened by rising sea level will be able, like your real estate investment will be secure like in Miami. Suck that water out yeah, of there. suck that Fuck water. Fuck that water. Yeah, throw it. Take the water from Miami and throw it into LA. A hundred years from now, there'll be a save the ocean campaign because we'll have drained the ocean to make golf courses. <laughs> We're watering golf courses all over the place and there's no more water left in the ocean. There's like a small patch of water. And everyone's like, fuck you. We got lakes. We don't need your fucking stupid ocean. Yeah. The Why haven't they though? You're right because they've, they build, they know how to build islands. I mean, you look at Dubai, they just built that fucking place. Well, they have desalination plants, but as far as I know, they never scaled it to the point where it could supply the water for an entire city. I would imagine that would be huge. It would probably have to be nuclear powered, but if the, it's which sounds contradictory, but that would be the way to do it. You'd have a, a very clean source of energy as long as it's uh, they make sure all the fail safes are in place and it doesn't both go down, and then you use that energy to process water and take out the salts, and now you have an infinite supply of water because you're connected to an infinite supply of water. It's right there. It's like you have one step missing. Yeah. Like if we lived, if that was a lake, if that was the cleanest freshwater lake in the world, we'd have no water problems. Right. You just suck that water out of there and spray right. it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but because it's salt water, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But it's, they do have desalination, but it's a possible thing. Yeah. It could be done. It's probably really hard, but you're making it sound really easy. Well, I know <laughs> it's like, hard. You're like, yo, just take the fucking water. I know it's hard, yeah. but I know it's also something that's not like brought up every day. Like When people run it for governor, they ever, never say, hey, we got all this water. Right. It's right there. Let's take the salt out of the water. Everybody right. be like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Just build the biggest fucking Death Star desalination plant. Just this monolith. To just constantly employ the entire state. You're creating jobs too, yeah, man. You're creating you're, jobs. Yeah, yeah. Creating jobs, sucking all that salt out of the water, and then all of a sudden California's just lush green. It looks like Vietnam. Yeah, there would be no more water laws, so you can fucking go you, crazy. Yeah. Golf courses for everybody. You can wash your face with water <laughs> and shower longer from all the shame of whatever you did to get that roll. You remember when people <laughs> got shamed for the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. You're wasting water. Yeah. <laughs> You're wasting water. What are you doing? I caught you wasting water. Yeah. yeah. I remember Matt Damon decided he wasn't going to waste water. So he did it like in his toilet or something. 
He did the ice bucket challenge, and he it did? like all went into his toilet. Something similar to that. Yeah. Something, oh, he's a, he's better than everyone else. Then he hopped. He's on better a, than us. He hopped on a private jet. Did I make probably. that up? Did I make that up? <laughs> I feel like he did that. I feel like he did something eco intelligent. Uh, actually, nope. Hold on. He. It's like he got the water from the toilet. There you go. Oh, he's such a conservationist. But wait a minute. That's still wasting water. Yeah. That, someone needs to talk water. to him. Yeah. <laughs> Did he throw it back in the toilet? He should stand <laughs> in the toilet. It. He should have like gone into the fetal position in the toilet and See, then the challenge. Oh, God. He's getting the water from the toilet, what so a... that makes it okay? That's Good. still water out of the pipe, Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. That's still water out of the pipe. Someone tell him where the water comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, make sure you film the part where I'm taking it out of the yeah. toilet so people know that I'm I care about that's this. That's a fetish. Yeah, that's a fetish. <laughs> he just peed on himself. He just <laughs> he just had a lot of water, so it was clear pee. No, I I honestly thought the water problem was because comments were turned off on that video. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. Maybe some intelligent people could have pointed something out. Yeah, it's the same water. <laughs> On the same pipes, Matt Damon. Yeah, I don't think you're helping. Just because you put it in the toilet first doesn't make you... <laughs> no. <laughs> you're, fucking... you're still throwing water at yourself. It's ridiculous. That's what you call a strong virtue signal right there. Yeah. yeah. It's, but that's for a challenge. Nobody gets mad at you for wasting water for a cold plunge. Right. Because now you're doing it for your health. Right. Or right. if you leave the shower running while you're taking a shit, you know, people probably do that in L.A. too. And they shower extra long, like I said, because just they got to wash off the shame. Mm, shame. Th things they got to do in L.A. You got to shower. You got to curl up in the corner <sighs> and just let the water hit you. Say, God, shame. what I had to do. Speaking of shame, this, uh, now, I'm just getting, this is the, per you and I are the perfect people to talk about this crypto collapse. Because scientists. Oh, okay. we have Economists. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We have strong opinions and no information, which is a great combination when you're dealing with the fact that people have lost billions and billions of dollars. But what, So Jamie's been filling me in on this over the weekend. And he also is an economist. I am, yeah, I'm not the Jamie not source. is our go-to expert I'll on this. I'll just find interesting links and say, hey, check this out. Which is fine. Yeah. That's journalism. Yeah. And uh, as a journalist, what's your conclusion? <laughs> It seems like, well, here's the thing. If you're running any kind of currency operation and you're involved in a polyamorous relationship with seven other people, I got to think you're wacky. Not nine. Nine other people? Ten. Ten other people. Ten total. What do they do? They just were polyamorous living in a house together? They all live together in the same place in the Bahamas. And they all just bang each other. I, hey. So wait, set this up because you're kind of starting in the middle. What are we talking about here? Fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk about a lot Sound, of fun in the Bahamas yeah. with billions of dollars, other people's money. Is, whoop, whoop. Someone so, call that a tax haven? Tax haven. Yeah. So this fella was running this exchange, and um, they also had tokens. Someone explained it. Someone did a really good job of explaining it. And uh, we could play that video, but it might take too much time. It's like a 12-minute video. But he was explaining how these tokens are like they're essentially unregulated but it is uh, it's almost like you're owning stock and it's very or almost like owning coin it's very confusing but uh it's one of those classic examples of people try to cash in and then the whole thing came down yeah, the term ponzi scheme has been thrown around <clears throat> yeah quite a lot well there's not just that there seems to be money missing like a lot of money missing that got moved from one corporation to a sister corporation so this is ftx right Yes. Yeah. And um, apparently they reached out to Coinbase. I read that they reached out to Coinbase, and Coinbase is like, we can't help you. This looks bad. Like, what's going on over here? 
and then now it's sort of imminently collapsing and tons of people have invested tons of money over there and they don't know what the fuck is going on. And people are trying to pull their money out by buying NFTs for ridiculous amounts of money in the Bahamas because apparently people in the Bahamas still have access to the, the thing. To, to the uh, exchange? Is that the case? Yep, yep. Then the, they would imagine that they're reaching out to the person and buying this NFT that would have yesterday been worth $9 and now it's bought for like $10 million Right. To then make like a, a currency exchange. Like, well, you can keep 10% of that. But so they, yeah. they jack up the value of it. Yeah. Right. right. So they basically yeah. say, look, I'm going to buy your NFT for $10 million. I'm going to give you a million dollars and then you give me the nine back. And so that's how they're exchanging money and trying to just draw it out of this account. Right. And who knows how that's going to work out. Right. Whether people are going to be like, fuck you, I'll get your money. You're like, right. how's that work? Right. But all of it is run by this guy who they were in the middle of profiling him. Who, who yeah, sent Mike, me this? I did. Mike, Michael did. Lewis is the guy's name. He's the writer of like Moneyball and The Big Short, many books. And so he was in the middle of profiling this guy when everything collapsed. Which is wild. Right. Wild. That is very wild. Wild. Yeah. Like, what are the odds that that happens at the exact same time? Because this guy was this wonder kid who uh, had developed this thing, was worth $15 billion, and was, like, wearing pajamas and shit, like one of those, like, eccentric cats. Didn't all of crypto kind of take a big, massive hit, though? I think all of crypto did take a big, massive hit, but I think this is a lot crazier than that. Right. This isn't just that, like, crypto took a hit, everybody's business is fucked. This is, like, shenanigans. Like, some high-level, like, serious shenanigans. The most generous billionaire. Yeah. That's part of... So, there's, like, yeah, this has been unfolding, like, in real time on Twitter, which has been an interesting place to be for the last few weeks. But uh, this guy apparently during this used a PR, I don't know if this would be a scheme, but a YouTuber it was paid to make this piece about him and the way he gives away money, hmm. which adds to... Well, well he wanted people to, to know. <laughs> well, he Mr. wanted people to know he's a good guy. Correct. Well, he, he reached out to Elon, apparently, while Elon was buying Twitter and offered to chip in $3 billion. And he said, Elon said that set his bullshit meter off. Because, mm-hmm. like, Elon's a serious dude. You say, he's like, this guy's three million liquid? Or a billion, rather. Three billion liquid? Like, mm-hmm. does he have that money? Right. That's a lot of money. Right. Say, like, we're going to buy Twitter for 44. I'm in for three. Right. Three billion? Right. That's a crazy amount of money. Yeah. And so Elon said that set his bullshit meter off. Right. Because, like, what, yeah, where did like, he get the three billion? Yeah. You can't just say that to that guy. Right. He's like, oh, cool. And he's not going to just say, oh, cool. Right. He's going to know basically what you can and can't. He's a fucking, he's the richest guy in the world. Right. He understands money. Right. And he but, knows who really has that money and who may be yeah. laundering. Well, who might be just kind of a crazy person who, right. you know, is yeah, probably yeah. can't believe he's in where he's at. When you find stories about him from before, he was like the world's youngest billionaire. Happened super fast. World richest person under 30. Committed billions, the vast majority of his fortune, to tackling the most pressing problems facing the future of humanity. Where did well, he nice. get his money, though? Like, Click what on is- that. What are those most pressing problems? Click on that uh, link. What is that link up there? This is it's on Reddit. I'll have to hold on. Oh, it's on Reddit? Yeah. Interesting. Like, I understand where Elon made his money. It's I, th- t- I think, like all things, mm. he's probably not all bad. It just didn't work out the way he thought it was going to, and it was for so long. And he probably thought he could get away with doing what he was doing. And he probably also thought he was doing good. So if he really is, like, super charitable, he probably also thought 
that he was way smarter than he was, right? Because he's under 30, and he's a billionaire already. He probably thinks he's the fucking shit. Could you imagine if you were worth $15 billion and you were 28? Mm. You would think you're the shit. You yeah. think you do whatever. And also, you're banging nine people in the house together. Yeah, I'd like, be doing bad stuff. That's too much money for a 20-something-year-old You're old not kid, playing yeah. by any rules. Yeah. Anybody's rules. Fuck off. Yeah. And I'm going to give my money away to everybody. And yeah. I'm also going to move $10 billion over here. Right. I'm going to push it to this sister company. I'm going to keep that rolling and this going. we got the coins. And then we got the tokens. And we got this and that. And like... Yeah. I don't understand that whole world of crypto because there's so many of them now. Bitcoin, at least to me, was sort of semi-tangible. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's this thing. There's a, it's a, there's a limited amount of them. This guy who made it is it's like this mysterious fellow, you know, Satoshi Nakamura, right? That's his name? Nakamoto. Nakamoto. Yeah. Satoshi Nakamoto. Nobody knows who he is. Right. It's wild. It's all the speculation. But he developed this, this currency, this cryptocurrency. And it's basically, that's the king of cryptos. Wouldn't you say Bitcoin is the king? Oh, I mean that. Uh, yeah, sure. The most popular, right? right? And, and the original big one, right? right? Like, yeah, made sense. It was like sort of curing a lot of the problems we have with centralized currency and the federal government controlling everything and fucking inflation, and all this shit. There's only a certain amount of those, ever, forever, and ever and ever and ever. But then a bunch of them pop up, right? Now you got how many cryptos do they have? They were, at one point, there some of them were being named after animals: dog yeah. coin, dodge yeah. coin, yeah. Uh, dolphin coin. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, joke, joke coins. Yeah, joke. Like, wasn't the doggy coin the Doge coin started as a joke? Yeah, a joke. And yeah. now it's worth fucking trillions of dollars or something. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Oh, not anymore. Yeah, I think it's all kind of tanked. Did People. that one go down too? No. It was all based on how much it value. Gone now? No, Dodge coin's still up there. Sure. What's it worth now? Depending on when it's, uh, I mean, compared to a dollar. Let's Google it right now. How much eight, is each Dogecoin eight, worth? Eight and a half cents. Eight and a half cents. And what's a Bitcoin worth? Uh, like seventeen thousand, probably sixteen five. I think right now. Sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Sixteen two. Wow. See, that's the one that people count on the most as being like semi-stable. But even that one goes way up and way down. But what are they counting on exactly? What are they going to do with their Bitcoin? Who fucking knows? Yeah. Going to get buy something before someone figures out it's not worth anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's, yeah, like, it's like it's a game you're playing. I understand. I understand the stock market because you're investing in something that's a thing that's doing something. It's a company, a business, right? Yeah, that's doing something right. that you can understand. But right. this just sounds like you're using your real money in that it's the money that you can use to buy things now to buy imaginary money that w is supposed to be worth something down the line that's not yet that everyone's trying to get it on because of that uh, belief. Yeah, and then it can go up or down, and but it does go up or down. It does go. So up people do make money. There are absolutely crypto billionaires out there. But that's because it's being sold as something that you need to have for the future. Sort of. I think you can have it right now, though. Like, no, but I mean, Andreas whole... Antonopoulos, the guy who's been on my podcast, talk about Bitcoin in the past. He doesn't. Everything he does, he pays for in Bitcoin. His whole life, his salary. What he, when he buys things, he does everything in Bitcoin. Where does he? Here's the friend. Does he go to a coffee shop and he just Bitcoin? He goes to a strip club Bitcoin. and he makes it rain invisible Bitcoins. Bitcoins. On Tom bought Tom bought Bert that fun <laughs> gift for his birthday, but he had to pay it all in cash because you right. can't do that transaction. Yeah. Through credit cards or however the normal way would have been, he could have probably paid that guy in Bitcoin if that guy accepted Bitcoin, and it would have been done in seconds instead of weeks. There right. you go. But how much, so the, what, that whole issue with the amount of energy it takes to store them on the blockchain or whatever, is that something that is an impediment to the future of Bitcoin? Because they say it takes so much space and power. Mm. Well, 
that's possible, but wouldn't that make sense that as technology improves, it'd be easier to do that? Yeah. That seems like an easier problem to surmount than the, the problems we have with centralized digital or well, centralized digital currency scares the shit out of me. Yeah. If they had a digital currency that the government controlled, we'd be fucked. Because then they would institute some sort of a social credit score system, just like China has. And when you want to buy something, it, depending on your tweet history or what you've said or what you've done, uh, they could come down on you. Yeah. I don't know. I just got skeptical when I saw commercials for it. I'm like, this is a commercial for money? Like, with Larry David in it? Like, I never saw a commercial for, like, hey, buy a $100 bill. It's well, like, didn't Matt Damon have a bunch? Where he had a like, bunch, too. They were like, Tom Brady, everybody. They were making it like you're going to space? Yeah. Bunch of yeah, I also, to, yeah. for clarity though, they were, I believe, this is a, I'm not speaking from a place of knowledge, but I think they're, they were advertising more of a, a place to exchange as opposed to just the actual, the, like, Bitcoin, you know. Right. Well, I think they were also like advertising businesses. the idea of embracing this new digital currency. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Like, people got mad at them when it crashed. I, Kim Kardashian actually got into trouble. She got into because she was telling people to buy crypto. Yeah, and crash something. Uh, she actually got into legal trouble because of it. Yeah, because basically they were selling something that now has made a lot of people go broke. They're selling what the Diaz brothers like to call wolf tickets. Yeah, wolf tickets, dog. That's what they were selling. selling wolf tickets. They were selling a bunch of bullshit. SEC charges Kim Kardashian for unlawfully touting crypto security. Whoa. The Securities and Exchange Commission today announced charges against Kim Kardashian. You do not want that statement to ever be read. No. The Securities and Exchange Commission today announced charges against Kim Kardashian for touting on social media a crypto asset security offered and sold by Ethereum Max without disclosing the payment she received for the promotion. Kardashian agreed to settle the charges, pay $1.26 million in penalties, disgorgement and interest, and cooperate with the commission's ongoing investigation. Yo. She got, she's got problems with the man. So the man says the SEC order finds that Kardashian failed to disclose that she was paid $250,000 to publish a post on her Instagram account about Emacs tokens, the crypto asset security being offered by Ethereum Max. Kardashian's post contained a link to the Ethereum Max website, which provided instructions for potential investors to purchase Emacs tokens. The only way that those tokens have value is if they're promoted by influencers and celebrities for you to get like, oh, they're, they're just by them uh, endorsing them. You're going that's the only way they can have value. Otherwise, they they don't represent anything that's being done. So but a I, token freaks me out. Like, what is I, that's a new thing I don't understand. What is the difference between a token, which is one of the points of contention about this FTX thing and a coin? Are they they're different things? Uh, they can be. Yeah, well, that, this guy was explaining it, and I was like, what the fuck? And this guy was a, uh, an expert in um, finance, <laughs> and he contacted them, and he gave them a series of uh, proposals. In order, I think they wanted to invest in something, and they, they literally said back to him, go fuck yourself. <laughs> this is why I was always skeptical of it, because, like, look, I'm not a smart dude, right? But, you know, astrophysics should be hard to understand, but, like, money should be a simple explanation. And any time I would ask questions about Bitcoin, I just couldn't understand it. It was like when someone tried to explain the sport curling to me. I'm like, I still don't fucking get what's going on. Yeah, and it's you're like, never going to get it. It's and too it's, 
if it, if it's too hard to understand, then I get like, oh, something's fishy. It's very cultural though. The curling thing is like baseball. What are they doing though? Are they're, they cleaning the ice? No, they're pushing a fucking hockey puck and trying to make it knock into the other one or get into the perfect circle. It's See, you shit don't even you do know. when you're frozen in for eight months at a time yeah. and you're in the middle of the north of Canada. Yeah. Play that link. This guy kind of explains what happened. We'll get to the first couple of minutes of it. That was still a vague explanation. Yeah. It's <laughs> what's well, a it's fucking they get real touchy about it up there. I was knocking it one time. I was up there doing a show and uh, I was like uh I, you know, like the people that were in the audience, the the place where you walk through and you get seated, it was all fi- filled with pictures of curling events. So they had a bunch of curling events there while they were doing comedy shows. We were just shitting all over curling. And they were like, just like, hmm. You can tell they're actually That part, I out. think, is in this video. I was about to pull up, too. Well, head. just play the other one, because the other one, he gets, he gets into it right away. I, and he explains the video that I just sent you, the I YouTube I saw video. I that same thing on this, just saying. In that $17 billion round... Okay. And I did a Zoom with him. And after the Zoom, I'm like, this doesn't make much sense, but I'll have my team do some work. We did some work and we sent him a two-page deck. And we said, here are our recommendations for taking the next step. One was the formation of a board. The second was the creation of dual class stock. The third was some reps and warranties around affiliated transactions and related party transactions. And the person that worked there called us back and literally, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you, said... Go fuck yourself. He pitched up. Yeah. Um, so that was part of it. The reason why I wanted you oh, to play the video, the YouTube video has more of it. And uh, the YouTube video also, I wanted to credit whoever put it up there so they could get people to see it. So what was the YouTube video title? It says, uh, this collapse is way bigger than SBF. Chama- how do you say his name? Chamath. Chamath. How do you say the last name, though? No idea. Yeah. Pali Hop. Polyhop Etia reacts to FDX. Sorry if I fucked up your name, sir. Uh, But it's the only the savvy S-A-V-V-Y YouTube page. And so this is longer. And it explains, like, what these people are doing and the token part. So if you give it volume here. The story of FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried is playing out like a Netflix documentary. Imagine that fellow taking care of your money. Episode in real time. Crypto Twitter has alleged that Sam Bankman-Fried was on the run and tried to flee to South America. Others believed he tried to flee to Dubai. Cointelegraph reported that Bahamian authorities have Bankman-Fried and two other executives under supervision. Reuters reported that they reached out to SBF to ask him via text if he left the Bahamas, and he said, nope. After lying to his followers continually on Twitter about anything pertinent to FTX, it would be very hard to imagine him answering, yes, I'm on the run. Bye-bye, Tata, goodbye. But anyway, more and more high-level people are sharing their experiences with SBF and looking back for any red flags and what they might have missed. Elon Musk took to Twitter to confirm a story about SBF investing $3 billion into Twitter. Elon said that SBF set off his BS detector. As a guest on the All In podcast, Brian Armstrong also suggested that something was off when he compared Coinbase's revenues to that of FTX, but for whatever reason, SBF had substantially more cash for donations, corporate buyouts, etc., being heralded in the media as the white knight of crypto. In his all-in podcast, Shamath Palihapitiya also shared his own experience with Bankman-Fried, but instead of focusing on SBF, Shamath went deeper into the subject and believes there is a systemic issue at hand that needs to be dealt with immediately. 
But before we listen to Shamath, if you're new to the channel or not subscribed, make sure you subscribe as we put out daily content to keep you updated on the current market and news. There was an article that appeared that said that the head of compliance at FTX was also the head of compliance at a poker site called Ultimate Bet, which in the 2010s did this exact thing, apparently, some version of this where they went in and they looked at whole cards of poker players and then a few employees inside the business would basically play against these folks, knowing what the whole cards were, ran this cheat, stole millions of dollars. Somehow that person found a way to be head of compliance at FTX Yeah. 10 years later. This happens in the public markets a lot as well. So like when you see heavily shorted names or when you know that certain hedge funds are on the brink, other hedge funds will go in and essentially force a margin call and a stop out because then it's what causes all of these runs. And if you look actually inside a GameStop, the reason why you got all this gamification in the GameStop equity and a bunch of these other names was in part because of this dynamic. Folks that are highly levered, folks that don't have the right matching of risk. And what happens is they're solvent, but a liquid. And then if you run the instrument into the ground, they both become insolvent and illiquid all at the same time. <laughs> to me, it seems the whole issue, if you come back, like what is the first string that you pulled that unraveled the sweater? Was the fact that these tokens were created out of thin air. Yeah. They had no meaningful value. Somebody prescribed a value and all of a sudden, everybody else in the economy all of a sudden said, yeah, I'll take that as collateral. Yeah. Look, you cannot do that in the regular world. I can't call JP Morgan and say, I've invented this thing. It's called a share in XYZ. And I'd like you to margin loan, you know, give me a loan against it. I think the problem is bigger than FTX. Uh, and I'll say the uncomfortable part out loud, and nobody needs to necessarily comment if you don't want to. But there were an enormous number of venture firms that talked their, their way into just completely doing zero work here. I mean, and the, the tip of the spear is this thing. Uh, well, who's the guy that works at Founders Fund? Bulgar, Buljar is... Zebuljar? Zebuljar? Delian. Delian, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tweet that he had where he basically took the snapshot of the Sequoia transcript was one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. I mean, this was a $215 million decision, and Sequoia documented it and put it on their own website. And I think that's an example of something that was happening, which is people just looked the other way and didn't even want to do the layer of work. I just want to say the second uncomfortable thing out loud which is there was a lot of venture firms in Silicon Valley in this period of both not doing any work or diligence who also took the extra step and actually created classes and would teach teams how to create these tokens. Okay, and those artifacts, those video links and artifacts are sometimes on their website, they're still on YouTube, they're inside of Twitter. And what these folks would do, and we talked about this, the game that they played was they would get a team they would create a token. They would also buy equity at some crazy valuation. The equity was locked up, but the tokens were not. And then they would put them on an exchange and sell them to unsuspecting people, and they would be able to dump these tokens. Yeah. And if you get look inside of that trend, what you're going to see, and Brian just mentioned this, those were the sale of securities, except it was done in a completely unregulated way. That's it. So. <clears throat> So that fucking criminal. Criminals. So that explains it in a way that neither you nor I could ever repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how he said it. 
But uh, I think he's an, ex- an expert. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's all bullshit. They were stealing people's money. They jacked up the value of it. They used these celebrities to endorse it, which gave it value. And the cult of personality, we all followed along. And a lot of sheep bought a lot of money and bought this bullshit explanation. You were intimidated into not being able to critique it. It was basically the trans women are women of money. They go, Bitcoin is money. And you're going, explain that to me. And they go, stop asking for an explanation. Respect Bitcoin's preferences. It wants to be money. So address it as money. money. And they just yelled at you if you were like, hey, what? I don't understand it. Well, also, money was being exchanged. And money was exchanging hands. So they knew they they could get some of that money. So, of course, they're going to have classes and teach people how to make those tokens as long as it's legal. That's what they do. They would actually be doing a disservice to their their customers if they didn't do that like they 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 make money that's what they do you can make money this way mm-hmm. it's real money you just got to move it around it's real money <laughs> it's real money and what you're buying is not real it ain't real it ain't real there's nothing there the money's bro. real <laughs> it's crazy i mean but they I, they sold everyone on the idea that the tokens will be worth more than the real thing. When you want someone handling your money, you want some dude who gets up at 5.30 in the morning, reads the Wall Street Journal, and then fucking gets on a treadmill. Yeah, and, and I don't care guy, what his religion is. I'll just say that. I don't give that. a fuck what his religion is. Not, I want he, that dude drinking carrot juice. Yeah. I want him taking vitamins. I want him fucking doing push-ups and sit-ups and being disciplined. And that fucking guy gets his tie on right, and he f- makes his cuffs perfect, and that guy goes to work. Yeah. And he does it by the fucking book, and he makes a shitload of money. He's got a Patek Philippe watch on and he, he's got a private jet he knows what the fuck he's doing he's been doing it the right way for years yeah those are the guys i just want these you can't dress like that you can't have those man tits no. hanging out and i give you a billion dollars of bitcoin some 26 <laughs> year old kid lives in the bahamas <laughs> is nine other people he's banging living in a sex cult i mean what is that i mean it sounds like fun i think it's these kids that just kind of are so tech savvy and they got everyone to believe this thing especially during the pandemic where it really picked up it's pretty wild yeah where people were just like sitting around and living in the computer and kind of started to believe everything in the computer was real now what is this shit about them sending money to ukraine and the money from ukraine so being I'm, invested into ftx is that this, true so this has a there's a scott i think you have to separate this from bitcoin in some way because it's not this wasn't done because of bitcoin like the money in this right but FTX it's ftx stuff. it was an exchange and a currency and this was all done behind the scenes, not like on the blockchain, which is what Bitcoin is. And what was it exactly that happened? That's what I'm trying to, I, that's what he was sort of explaining. Right, but the other stuff is the different stuff. Well, this, that's how that, the, that's so, yeah. this, but what the I'm way, talking about right, is the- This is how it gets into this. So right. this company, FTX, was backed by something separate, which I think Tramath explains in another video and says like why these aren't supposed to happen. But he was like, well, I guess this is what you guys are doing. I think that company, FTX, was the second biggest donor to the Democrat Party. So, hmm. Alameda the Research. First biggest, the first biggest company was, uh, is Alameda Research the sister company that they funneled the $10 billion to? That's what, yeah, yeah. So that's the company they funneled I the think. $10 billion to. They were the second biggest, next to George Soros, who's number one. They're the second biggest donor to the Democrat Party. That's dirty ball. That's well, that's ball. something. I mean, maybe so, you're like a hardcore lefty and you really want the Democrats to win, and this is your way of going about it. Well, they if this is true, then it warrants a critique at so the perhaps, very least. This is going around. <laughs> I would just say that I don't know the, the truth of all of this, but this is 
been like people are using this as information that is fact online. So what is this saying here? It, the, Sam, who's the guy that was running this FTX, his mom, platform, right? His mother uh, is a huge Democratic fundraiser. She runs something called or a co-founder of Mind the Gap and the Get Out the Vote organization, mm-hmm. including the Center for Voter Information launches the FTX crypto exchange. This is uh, this is a timeline here. April twenty first. Four, or excuse me, fifth. This says Joe Biden announces his presidential campaign, and 13 days later, he starts FTX, hmm. and then gets a bunch of uh, money that no one really can explain. Whoa! And then starts giving it to the, them, like they start spending it on campaigns and backing people and doing all sorts of things. So through FTX, somehow or another, the the allegation is that it's funding. Democratic Party, right, and then that's why I didn't. I haven't read through that whole article of like there's they said that this money then went to Ukraine in some way, and then has now through some backdoor channels been put back into some people's hands, and that's where it's getting it's getting lost in an exchange. And oh, Jesus, well, uh, this is what we're talking about on the phone over here, Mr. Pappas. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what people always do when they can, mm-hmm. when people can, especially something like crypto and tokens. You're in the fog already. You're in the fog of chaos. Yeah. This new fake thing. You got that link else? I sent you is—it's been taken down. So. Oh my good. Well, it's Michael Savage. Right. Must be real. <laughs> that guy's not crazy. <laughs> He's that crazy AM radio guy, yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't he? Why did I think that he passed away? Did he pass away? Uh, no, it doesn't seem that way. I conflated him with some other. Um, He's eighty. 80, maybe that's why. But there's another one of them hardcore guys. I know Rush Limbaugh died, but someone else died too, like that. But that guy, um, he's a hardcore. Imus? Imus right died now. too. Yeah, Imus yeah. died a while yeah. ago, didn't he? Yeah. So who else? I don't know. I, wanna, I, I, I wish I met Imus. Never met him. Yeah. He's an odd duck. Because he's kind of like uh, back in his day, the early, early days, he was like uh, another sort of kind of Stern-like character. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like this outrageous Stern-like character. And then Howard Stern just did it way better. Yeah. And did his own version of it, yeah. you know. But the kind of I think they were kind of simultaneously existing as like pioneers. You know, like I don't think I don't think Imus gets the kind of credit cuz Stern was so good. Yeah. Like Stern was the best. That show was the best. That show was groundbreaking. Uh, New York Post is reporting this stuff too. Okay, cryptocurrency billionaire broke the bank for Dems. Okay. So this might be real. So amid the jubilation and gloating by Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and pals over Democrats, better than expected showing in the midterms comes a disturbing story that may explain something about how they won such a curious election. Biden's second biggest donor, cryptocurrency billionaire Wonderkind, Wonderkind or Kind? Wonder, Wonderkind. Wonderkind. Sam Bankman Fried. Is it Fried or for, Freed? Freed? Yeah. Sam Bankman Fr- Freed, a.k.a. SBF. I like that. Uh, saw his business file for bankruptcy days after the election, but not before pumping $40 million into the Democratic Party to spend on get out the vote and other shadowy ballot harvesting me- mechanics for the midterms. The shambolic, that's a new word. Yeah. What's that mean? Don't know. What does that mean? Let's find out what that means. I need shambolic. to know. I'm confused. <laughs> shaman-like? What do you think it means? Shambolic. Maybe uh... shaman-like. Chaotic, disorganized, or Chaotic, mismanaged? disorganized, mismatched. Oh, I would, yeah. I would say, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Shambolic, that's a new word. Yeah. 30-year-old whiz kid, once said to have been worth $16 billion, had spent $10 million in helping get v- Biden elected in 2020. SBF's mother, Stanford, 
Whoops. Uh, Stanford law professor Barbara Freed, also the co-founder of left-wing political action committee Mind the Gap, which has raised a reported $140 million to help Democrats win elections through the same get-out-the-vote grift. A more unlikely billionaire you could not find, and of course his money was built on thin air. A math genius with poor social skills, SBF reportedly lived in a polycule, a polyamorous relationship with multiple people in a luxury penthouse with about 10 co-workers in the tax haven of the Bahamas, where he where his collapsed crypto exchange, FTX, was headquartered. Mm. Wow. This is bad. This is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that a person like that got to where he was. I mean, new uh, Reuters is reporting that between, now Reuters, excuse me, is reporting that between 1 billion and 2 billion of customer funds have vanished from FTX, conveniently after the Democrats safely spent his money. At the very least, This is the New York Post. Yeah. At the very least, it's the same uh, negligence and lack of due diligence that the celebrities that endorsed companies like this uh, didn't do. You know what I mean? It's like... Well, how could they know, right? If you're a celebrity... I'm just just like play devil's advocate. Yeah. If you're uh, Matt Damon or whoever, Kim Kardashian, I mean, people are, are making money with Bitcoin. There's Bitcoin billionaires. There's Coinbase, which is apparently doing ver- very well. There's uh, Bitcoins that are sponsoring sports. They they sponsor arenas, right? They they, they name arenas after them. Actually, they, I think they have to change one of the yeah, arenas. This was one of them, yeah. 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 Oh, it did? Which one? Was it Miami? Miami, yeah. Of course it's Miami. It's yeah. where all the coke is. Yeah. Party! That's the so, main um, economy of that town. So how would they know? Well, I knew. I mean, I don't mean to say that, but it's like I always questioned it and I knew, so how come they didn't know? Maybe if they turned off their greedy fucking hat for one second and asked some fucking questions about what's actually going on, they would have known. Been like, what actually is this? But they didn't. They said, oh, he's offering me $30 million so I can endorse them. That'll make people believe in it more and they'll invest in it and then we'll take that money and and all your money that you're hoping is going to turn into more money when this thing blows up, we'll take that and fund the fucking Democratic, we'll fund the political party. Yeah, it's slippery. It is definitely slippery. There's something weird. That's about what it. happened. There, there's something very weird about it. It's the same yeah. thing. Like, what's the cult again? I keep forgetting. Next, oh, next, next, what they did, what he did with the Seagram's daughters, they funneled all the money into his little cult. And with that money, he was able to get the Dalai Lama and a couple other people that gave it legitimacy. And then other people going like, it must be legitimate if this person's in it. And they started giving him all the money. And all he was doing doing was branding women and fucking them. What did they think he was doing, though? They thought he was doing the self-help thing and empowering women and, uh. and uh, you know, uh, teaching them how to be more... Uh, rigorous and teaching. Very ignorant to this cult. Oh, it's incredible. I just, when I found out it was involving Hollywood people, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that gave up on the that. Uh, the actress from Smallville. There was a few other people, and but it was all over the world. It wasn't just right. L.A. and it was based in Albany. First of all, that that's how you know people are stupid because if I'm not I'm not if you're buying into a cult that's in Albany, you're stupid. And then they went to Albany to, to uh, attend his little weekend retreat. It's a bad place to live. It's Albany. It's a shithole. <laughs> Like, People this... <laughs> from Albany are mad at you right now. Do you understand that? Well, they know I'm right, though. It's a dump. It's the fucking capital of the state of New York, it's... you son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. And I it's uh, I don't know why. It's a <laughs> shithole. <laughs> it's a fucking dump. But they did the same exact thing that these crypto people did, specifically this kid Freed. It's it, definitely not the Bahamas. It's not the Bahamas, no. Right. Like, I, he got it right. Yeah. Kid got it right. He got the billions. like, Bahamas. Yeah, he just Let's went to the Bahamas. Bahamas. Yeah. 
That is a pretty wild thing to do, though, to be living in a house, banging all these people you're working with, raking in billions, funneling some of it to the Democratic Party, doing all this philanthropy work, probably thinking you're a fucking gem of a person. Yeah. Until it all comes crashing down. But if it didn't come crashing down, that's like the Bernie Madoff thing. If it wasn't for the 2008 crash, would Bernie Madoff have been able to keep that hustle going? Oh, he was so good at it. He was so good oh, at it. Oh, he was so good. He used to show up at his client's son's baseball games and answer their phone calls. And Of course he did. He really was a good con artist. Of course he did. He showed great attention to them, so they didn't, they didn't look at the stealing hand. I mean, but, you know, the Democratic Party should have done uh, a little due diligence, been like, what is this? They didn't or ask not. questions either. They, or not. They just took the money. They took the money. They, Why? It's not their fault. What the fuck are they supposed to do? If this lady set it up with her son and he's fucking funneling that money, yeehaw, let's go. You don't have to go and do an audit on their business and make sure it's running right. Give me that money. But not I don't even, care where you got it from. I don't know nothing. Yeah. When people come to see your show, how much of it is cocaine money? How, much, how many people are coming to see Giannis Papas that are secretly coke dealers? I, I would say probably... Zero percent. Well, I don't More know. than one. More, maybe one. Yeah. Come on. All the shows you've ever done. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At all the shows you've ever done. Yeah. How many people paid for your ticket and they were involved in illegal activities? That's different, though. I'm not the. I'm not the government. The I'm government not claiming is just to be good. We're just accepting a little money. We don't have time. We're running a campaign. We're yeah. trying to overturn this Roe v. Wade bullshit. Yeah. Come on, man. We're trying to codify <laughs> Roe v. Wade. We need money. That's what I love when they turned over Roe v. Wade. The first thing they did is give us money. Yeah. Give us more money. We need donations. It's the yeah. only way we're going to fix this. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, yeah no, this they... This article uh, says that they used him, like Greta Thunberg. Oh, like Greta, Greta Thunberg, the teenage eco-evangelist SBF, was manipulated into serving a useful purpose. Isn't that kind of editorializing, though? It could be, yeah. You don't exactly know what was going on there. In other words, FBF's analytical IQ and social ineptitude made him a prime recruit for the cause of hijacking capitalism to divert money to left-wing causes. Whoa. Nerd sniped. So the article, the article describes Bankman Freed's recruitment into the EA cult when he was a young man at MIT as being nerd sniped, which is the practice of attracting brain power by presenting problems as puzzles. Whoa. EA is effective altruism for those. Whoa. Interesting. 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 Wait, well, well, hold on. Go back to that. It says he's never read a book. As information said. should be in six-paragraph blog post. What? It says the author concludes the FTF founder is neurodiverse, but not spectrum-y or Asperger-y. SBF says he has some, S, uh, some ADD and has never read a book. As information should be in a six-paragraph blog post. Huh. Should probably read books. <laughs> Sounds like a, that's just like a typical, <laughs> typical Gen Z. You should read books on what happens when you start a sex cult. Yeah, <laughs> it always ends up with dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When is a sex cult? Unless the government comes in, like with the Nixium. How do you say it? Uh, Nixium, right? Yeah. Unless they come in and fucking arrest everybody, yeah. it winds up in death. Yeah, it does. Always. Look at Waco. Branding. Yeah. They, he well, well, he was, what's next? Yeah. You got to give me your pinky. Yeah. No, you're gonna kill people. Him. Die yeah. of infections. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he cleaned his dirty money by donating it to the Democratic Party. <sighs> or they tricked him yeah. into doing that. They tricked him into funneling money over there. I mean, yeah. 
He's uh, in a. This is a fascinating unfolding thing, right? Because they're monitoring him in the Bahamas. How long before they arrest him? Right. I mean, and if they said his plane went to Argentina, but he said no, he didn't go to Argentina. But his private jet went to Argentina. So what's on the jet, man? Right. What's on the jet, man? I, I tell you what, it's not. It's not invisible tokens. Maybe they put the jet <laughs> over there so that he could like they wouldn't take his jet. Maybe they won't take it in Argentina. Maybe. Supposedly they were trying to get to Dubai. Yeah. Which Dubai's like, come on, God, God, yeah. give me some of that. Give me some money, I'll keep you, keep you safe. Yeah, money. I, it's not, he's <laughs> not going to be hoarding invisible tokens, I know that, because they are valueless. It seems like now it's gotten so big, though, uh, he probably can't hide anywhere. It seems like they're going to get him. Are they, though, or are they his friend because he helped them win? He knows too much. <laughs> he knows too much. Yeah, you got to yeah, go down. Yeah, go it's got to fall off a boat. He's got it. Something's got to go wrong. Yeah, you can't just get away with that. No. They're not going to let you go to Dubai. No. Not he, now. He's going to mysteriously fall off a boat. Well, how many people are involved that lost millions? Like, how many people? A lot of ordinary people lost a lot of money. Yeah. His and Twitter is, account the last day has just been tweeting out random things like, what? What? And then and there then, was a... I think they got deleted. It's not showing it when so I So is he it. saying a sentence with all those H A P H A P P E what happened? Doesn't no one knows. Oh, did he get to the last stopped. No, letter? Stopped 2 hours ago. So it's probably like what happened. That's what I'm guessing. Over time though. But he's I don't know if he has it cuz he could have his phone while he's being held, right? Who knows, yeah. man? Who knows what's going on? Yeah. It could be that the, like, what the, the, that's just like could Wild be that the party in power knew what he was doing, took the money, and then waited till after the elections to let the story drop. That oh would be God. convenient, too. Be like, all right, let's just take the money because we know it's going to help. And then if we pull off what we're trying to pull off, which is less damage in the midterms, then we'll take them down and, uh, and pretend like we didn't know anything about it. Jesus. Because there's think, no way they didn't know Wouldn't it be better if they didn't take him down and he kept doing this forever? And then they keep getting money funneled to them. Yeah, I think, but I now everybody knows. So. Yeah, now, but I don't think they sold them down the river. I think it probably just fell apart. I'm just guessing. You what is what is the reason why it fell apart? Yeah, that's how. I, well, there we go. Happened. Yeah, <laughs> we're too dumb for well, this. I was trying to track it back. We're too dumb for this. I was this. trying to track it back to the. So there's a. I think like she's the CFO. She's in the polycule, if you will. Someone tweeted out something about like purchasing them or something, and it was like almost in a shit talking response. She's like, "Oh yeah, well we'll, we'll we'll just buy you, we'll buy all your shares or something like that for twenty two dollars. Like we have money. I think someone was calling them out for not having money or something like that. And she she called back like, "No, we do. We'll do it." And there's speculation that that guy knew all of this information or a good portion of it and was sort of baiting them out in public. And now that it's out there, they can't put the like the plug back in yeah it's leaked and eventually they all get caught i mean if you're robbing peter to play pay paul eventually it it gets found out in that crypto world it seems like it's much more ambiguous where everything is you know where's it go and what is it it's tokens it's coins it's this it's that like uh, uh, uh. but once the value started dropping like it there was like a big crash right i mean it still has some value but there was a big crash right jamie like is that what started it off, the I big think, crash? I think the big crash is what got everyone sort of focused on it and going like, wait a second, is this all bullshit? Well, I, was here. I don't know that this has much to do with Bitcoin specifically, other other than that this is a crypto exchange. I don't. I think that's the only relation to like the Bitcoin price. Right. Well, thank goodness for that gentleman whose video we played. Was his name Chamath? Mm-hmm. Say his last name again? Not, do it. He was a big wig <laughs> at Facebook, right? <laughs> 
Say his name, bro. Chamath. He's just known as Chamath. Chamath. Well, Chamath uh, broke it down for us in a way that, again, we'll never be able to. And repeat. he's legit. He used to be a top guy at Facebook, mm. I think, if I'm right, right? Uh, I think he's, yeah, he's definitely on the board of quite a few major yeah. companies. He's involved in some um, fi- uh, venture capital. Mm. So there's a leak about Alameda Research's money. This is sort of what I was getting at, I think. And this sort of spread into more issues like they were hacked on saturday night there was a tweet going out that told everyone to delete this off of your phone and devices whoa i was like oh great what does that mean <laughs> that and that's where that one to two billion dollars was getting stolen apparently oh my goodness <clears throat> and they're trying to track where that stuff was going so what does this have to do with ukraine though so they're using the money to uh that's where i'd so give money to Ukraine to that's buy right. weapons. I think some of this is getting caught up then in conspiracy stuff. And like, yeah, this conspiracy was that the government was giving money to Ukraine to aid in the war, and that they were taking some of that money and investing it back in FTX. Oh, well, that could be true or not, right? We don't know. Let's see what we know. Yes, I'm just googling. Don't uh, give up now. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> We've almost figured this mystery out. See, Axios has there's two threads untangling two threads about FTX and user funds. I don't know if this is going to be in here, though. Money is a wild thing, brother. Yeah. It's a wild thing that motivates people. The Ukraine doesn't pop up in that article. Um, wild, wild thing. It is. That dude, if he just played it right, he just played it right, he'd be rich as fuck. Banging nine people in a house in the Bahamas. Like, yeah. I mean, here's a for instance. They never stopped, though, right? He tweeted this on February 24th. We just gave $25 to each Ukrainian on FTX. Do what you got to do. Like, what does that mean? They start an account for every person in Ukraine on their platform, and then how many of them actually access that? What does that mean? The worst people always hide behind good the, deeds. The greatest good. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely an inclination for things to be co-opted, things that are undeniably good things, co-opted by evil people with yeah. their own selfish needs. It's the best cover. Yeah, it's a great cover. Yeah. Sure, especially if you're actually funneling money. Yeah. And, and deciding that, you know, the only way to help is to do this, and we're going to donate that, and it'll justify this, and even though it's kind of shady, we're going to get away with it because we've got the backing of these people. And yep. I don't know that this means there's proof, but this is... Uh... FBF laundering money through Ukraine, and this is on coinchapter.com. It says, Brian, uh, Ben Swan, the founder and CEO of blockchain-based news channel... So- is that the same Ben Swan, the Pizzagate guy? Could be. Hold on a second. Let me read that, and then we'll get to that. The founder and CEO of blockchain-based news channel Sovereign, Sovereign Media also assessed the circulating news. He pointed out that Berkman Fried had been outspoken supporter of Ukraine on top of his Democratic affiliation. Now, see if that's the guy. Tweeted Swan. Click on Tweeted Swan where it says below that where it says Tweeted Swan. See if that's the same guy. I think that's the same guy. Okay. Yeah. Founder of, uh, what does it say? Sovereign, sovereign media, speaking truth to power, afflicting the comfortable and comforting the afflicted. <laughs> I think that's a guy. Hey, who, I'm a good guy. <laughs> he was either fired or something happened when he was pointing out all the weirdness involved in the, the whole Pizzagate thing when that lunatic went into that place and said, you're hiding kids and yeah. fucking shot up the place. And he was, uh, like, trying to do his own research, but he was doing it on television about the story and pointing out the weirdness of the story. Do you remember that? No, I don't know those details. Very fucking 
I know the general all of, of it. what happened. Sketch City. Yeah. All of it. You yeah. know, because it's like, Jesus Christ, are you saying that, like, you're just going to, like, maybe we should know more before you put this on TV. Yeah. <laughs> saying that there's, like, a, a cult of kid fuckers in a basement in a pizzeria. Yeah. You're firing up the troops. Well, that's what happened. There is kid fucking going on, and then people get on the internet, and they just start making connections that maybe aren't there. I don't know if they're there or not there, but there's a lot of weirdness to the whole Podesta emails, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting into all that. Yeah. How it ends up in a pizza place? How, how, listen, <laughs> uh, once you find out that Fuck Island is real, yeah. Pedophile Island was real, you're like, what? That was real? Yeah. And then the, the list never got published? What? Yeah. And that is Epstein killed himself, allegedly. Yeah. And the cameras didn't work? Yeah. What? And yeah. then Michael Baden, the autopsy doctor, does an examination of the corpse and says the neck is broken and consistently, which is consistent with being strangled to death, yeah. not with hanging. Yeah. Like the way it's brought and then, what? And then Ghislaine gets arrested and no fucking clients are named. No one just yeah, you you sold pussy, you're fucking going to jail forever. Now go to yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's in a place with yoga classes. Yeah. Like this minimum security place and they they just keep her alive somehow or another. Yeah. Her dad fell off a boat. Yeah, well wasn't her dad like some sort of a Mossad officer or something mm-hmm. like that? Most probably, yeah. He probably said something to the wrong person they were like all right it's time for you to fall off a boat is that what happened yeah well well, that's that's what i i don't think that's common knowledge but obviously that's the subtext in in pr uh puerto rico what is is pr oh uh two weeks ago a big name crypto developer who lived in pr was sounding the alarm on the cia and the Mossad running a pedo elite cult in the caribbean so here's the tweet he had which so he said the CIA, Mossad, and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico <clears throat> and Caribbean islands. They are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend, who is a spy. They will torture me to death. That was October 28th of this year. And then uh, the next oh. day. Oh! Next day. Whoa. Maker DAO co-founder Nikolai Mushegian dies at 29 in Puerto Rico. I think he drowned is what I was Mishagian saying. was an important figure in the crypto community, contributing to multiple projects, including Maker, DOA, BitShares, and Balancer. And how did he die? I think, yeah, he says he drowned. Ah, he fell into the water. Left behind after drowning death. Oh, wow. Wow. And what? What the fuck? Cryptocurrency developer Nikolai Mushegian had been splitting his time between Florida and Puerto Rico before his untimely and suspicious death on October 28th. In 2017, at age 24, he purchased a modern two-bedroom, two-bathroom home in the Fort Lauderdale area for a $415,000 record show, raised in Kansas by Russian immigrant parents. How do you say his name? Mushegian? Mushegian. Mushegian moved to Florida in 2017 to focus on the crypto scene. Mushegian was an early developer of Maker DOA, known as the largest decentralized finance DeFi protocol. He was also a key architect of the stablecoin system, currencies without government backing. According to the previous listing, the only home he ever owned spans more than 1,500 square feet and is situated on a a quiet cul-de-sac. And so uh, they're showing pictures of his house. Okay. And what happened to this fellow? He's no longer with us. That is 
pretty wild that he posted that, that the CIA and the Mossad and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands and then drowned. So sources <laughs> told the Post, Mishijian had left his home in the Lux, Con uh, Lux Condado area for a walk a little after 9 a.m. A surfer off Ashford Beach, a spot considered so rife with riptides that local hotels warn against swimming, uh, against ocean swimming, discovered his body in the waves. He was wearing his clothes <laughs> and had his wallet on him. He was murdered. <laughs> Bro. Bro. His, his death has since fueled theories. Many believe his death was no accident, while those in the crypto called him brilliant but paranoid. Another person who knew Mishijian very well for years until they had a falling out two years ago said the developer was very, very smart but also suffered from extreme bouts of paranoia. He had mental problems, the source said. He saw a psychiatrist at times. He smoked a lot of pot, a tremendous amount. Some of his paranoia was based on fact, the source said. The source added, he discovered things. He knew things. Nikolai got bored a lot with the mundane of life. He'd go after things, constantly putting himself in weird positions. If it wasn't for money, it wasn't for the money, rather. He was interested in why things were the way they were and the corruption behind it. Meanwhile, other sources, including his family, believe the drowning was neither accidental nor the result of foul play, hinting that it was self-inflicted. Meshedjian had been in such a downward spiral in recent weeks that his father had come to stay with him at his condado home, sources said. Hmm. So hmm. they don't know. Yeah, I mean. Huh. His mother said that his death had nothing to do with conspiracy tweets well maybe she knows him better yeah i mean you know it's a fucking crazy coincidence though yeah it is but it's also one of those things like if you were a troll and you knew you're gonna kill yourself what a great way to kill yourself yeah you get a lot of attention but and... no i mean just like just leave a little puzzle behind for right, fun right for right, funsies right if you plan on drowning yourself you go yeah. you know what i'm gonna drown myself but i'm gonna fuck with people first yeah i'm gonna tell them the cia and the Mossad is running a pedo ring and yeah I mean, that, it's possible, probably less possible. Or he was schizophrenic, and he mm -hmm. thought that, that was really happening, and he went crazy, and he ran into the water and got fucking taken out by the riptide. Right. And drowned. I mean, he doesn't look like the healthiest fella. Right. Yeah. There was a couple of years back, uh, like a WWE wrestler, some stud athlete, got uh, drowned, got caught in a riptide, and didn't, didn't make it to shore. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's a little weird to go swimming with all your clothes on and all that. Maybe he was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe want to know what it feels like to swim with clothes on. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I, I that's I, so what the kids call sus. Yeah, that's sus, son. That's, that's very sus. Damn, I mean, is there anything more sus, dude? It's a dirty world run by three, brilliant psychopaths. Three possible futures for me. By the way. His, uh, his handle is delete shitcoin. <laughs> Three possible futures for me. One, suicided by CIA. Two, CIA brain damage slave asset. Three, worst nightmare of people who fucked with me up until now. I am sure these are the only options. So in the future, he could have been the worst nightmare for the people who were fucking with him right there and then. Wow. Hmm. 
It's hard to know, but you know, when there's motive, it makes you wonder. Well, it fucking for sure makes you wonder. Yeah. This is what makes people on like 4chan go crazy, right? Yeah. These kind of things. Yeah. This is what you like. If you're one of those people that's inclined to believe that Q's a real person, mm-hmm. and then this kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Like that was the whole thing behind Q, right? That Donald Trump was going to expose the pedophiles and. You know, JFK Jr. is going to show up in Dallas. Yeah, he was going to star track up from the the spot that his dad died and just... How, how crazy is that that they thought that JFK Jr. was a part of it all? They were still alive this whole time, just under the radar, ready to pop up decades it, later it's to crazy. save Trump. It's like adult uh, fan fiction. It's like uh, adult Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's like... Um, cosplay. Yeah, it's cosplay. Yeah. Yeah, there's It's spies. exciting. It's yeah. exciting. It's, much, it's a much more exciting life... Uh, when you're, you know, a dangerous, dangerous secret. When you're in on something, know. it's better than just eating soup at Panera Bread and maybe the person knows your name. Watching the Big Bang. Yeah, watching the Big Bang. Just and chuckling every couple episodes. As your neck, uh, your neck fat just grows and grows bump. into a bubble. Yeah, your it's, liver just gets toxic. And... It, it's better to be James Bond. Go to sleep drunk every night. Yeah, digital James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you you form camaraderie with other people. Oh, you yeah, yeah, you have this yeah, whole social yeah, scene, yeah. and you guys are all in on this dangerous secret. But the truth probably lies in between that, and um, you know that there's nothing going on. Well, I also think that if I was running some sort of an illegal operation, one thing I would do is make it seem ridiculous. So I would hire people to go post outrageous stuff online to the point where. None of it makes any sense anymore because it all seems so crazy. If you believe in that, you believe in lizard people and the earth is flat. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's there's something to that. Yeah. And and the people who do run shit are sometimes evil geniuses and they think of all those things. And Yeah. And um, it's amazing. They always have the advantage, like the Joker. They always have the advantage. They always have the advantage because they have the will. They want it. Well, um, when you get to people like George Soros and that other guy, the Klaus Schwab guy, the the World Internet Forum, World Economic Forum guy, I don't know him. He's the World Economic Forum is the you will own nothing and you will be happy. Mm. Do you know that? No, that was a tweet the uh, World yeah, yeah, Economic yeah, yeah. Forum put out. Yeah, I'm gonna send you the tweet. the The World Economic Forum sent this tweet out in like 2016, and it's a picture of this girl, and it says, "See if you can find it, Jamie." It says, uh, the tweet was from 2016. It said, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. And it's a real tweet. It's a real tweet that they put out in 2016. And they put it out because of uh, this this thing oh, from well, the World Economic Forum. I own nothing. I have no privacy. Life has never been better. Imagine that. <laughs> She's a member of parliament in Denmark. And this is what they're promoting. No privacy. <laughs> No ownership in anything and just pure happiness. Oh, God. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Imagine. Yeah. So this is a real tweet from 2016 from the World Economic Forum's Twitter account. Imagine just saying that to people and putting that thought out there and like, oh, great. Does that mean no one owns anything? Right. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Then can we, everybody just have everything? Right. Or does someone own something? Right. Like, does the state own everything? Right. And they tell you what you can have and what you can't have. But you never th- have it. You just live in it. Right. They never frame it that way because it's, oh, it's, it's either one of those two options and they are mutually exclusive. Either you own it or the state owns it. Uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. And these are the, the people that are trying to promote the idea of eating bugs and no more meat. and Yeah. 
This is all wild movie shit. It um, is. It is. Uh, it is movie shit. And they always leave that. They conveniently leave that part out because um, they're like, "Hey, you should don't own or you know share it all." Then like somebody, then that means the government owns it and they're distributing. Then they own it. So the people who are in the government, they have the advantage. That's yeah. like no. It's it's that utopian bullshit. When people get into that utopian bullshit, they always it's it's always erroneous. It's always going to be nefarious because it it doesn't exist in reality you're not you're not coming up with a solution in reality you're basing it on ideals and ideals don't exist you're also saying it when you're the world economic forum right davos right where billionaires fly in to decide the fate of the civilization that we currently enjoy right and this is your message right you're telling the plebs Right. You'll own nothing. Right. You'll be so happy. And like people are like, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Because yeah. most people can't wait. Yeah. Because like it, most people are young people, right? They're just getting started in the world. They don't have anything yet. Yeah. They and they believe these. in that utopian message. Yeah. Whereas think, are the billionaires going to give up their, are they going to give up all their property and money? No. And they show up at the art gallery and they throw soup on the Van Gogh and they glue their hand to the wall and they think they're going to fix the world. Yeah. That was the age. And usually uh, they do that because it's cool and they're trying to impress a chick, really. Or vice versa. Are they them? Or are they them? <laughs> or are they them is trying to impress another, another they them. They them. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the Porsche one? That's my favorite. They did it at a Porsche, um, uh, uh, was it the Porsche Museum or the Porsche Exhibit? Porsche Museum? They did it at the Porsche Museum. The Porsche Museum people all left and they shut the lights off. <laughs> so fuck you. Stay there. Yeah. You glued your hand to the floor. Yeah. We're not even going to call the cops. Yeah, just leave you there. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Leave them. Yeah. Leave them and eat that shitty German food. Yeah, you are, um, you're not winning any people over to your cause when you do dumb shit like that. But they're all doing it. It's, yeah. it's happening left and right now. It keeps happening over and over and over again. People are doing it. It's like it, now it's a trend. So now they, they arrested people that were a part of an organization that were trying to go into a museum somewhere in Europe and do that. Now they're catching them. Before they can actually get off the the glue on the hand move. It's a terrorist act. It's fucking crazy. It's a terrorist act. To do that is terrorism. To well, fucking attack a iconic uh, painting yeah. is terrorism. And they're saying they're doing it, but they know that it won't ruin the painting because it's covered in glass. Like, you don't get to make that choice. Right. Not only that, like, how do you know how old that frame is? Do you know if that frame is historic as well? Like, mm. do you know that? Like, that frame might be a thousand years old. Right. You're throwing soup on a thousand year old frame? Right. Like, do you know? Like, I don't know. That's that's the equivalent of going, like, assaulting uh, a woman and being like, well, you know, she asked for it. You know, she'll be fine. It was like, she, you know, she wouldn't want it. It's, you're just... She's you, fine. You're rationalizing it. You're justifying it. It's you're, a, you you're, committed a terrorist crime. You're doing it to further this cause that you probably have very little understanding of, too. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really knew what you're saying, just stopping all oil. You know, I, I had uh, uh, Bjorn Lomberg on the podcast the other day, who... Uh, He's what is his official title? He's he's in he's written books in the environment, but he's also is he a statistician? Like what is his? Uh, some find out what his official thing is. But Bjorn essentially was saying the way to save lives is not by everybody quitting oil. The way to save lives is to get people out of poverty. And the best way to get people out of poverty is to provide them with power and with industry and with a bunch of things that's going to raise these people that are dying of tuberculosis and malaria. And like that would save a lot of people. He's a Danish author, statistician, and president of the think tank Copenhagen Consensus Center. So his, his take wasn't that global warming and 
human beings contributing to it is not a problem. He said it is a problem. But if we stopped everything in the United States, it's a small percentage of what the world does, and they're not going to stop it. Right. What we need to do is figure out how to get to these places that are particularly like, the most horrible scenarios in terms of like people's chance to live a good life and, and try to elevate those people. And you'll have less pollution. You'll have less problems. You'll have less of this if you have left pe less people that are living in dire poverty. They don't give a fuck about burning coal or some of these people are burning paper to, f to, f to feed their homes or to uh, warm their homes and, and if to uh, cook their food on. And he was saying that like living inside these homes where these people do this is like the equivalent of smoking two packs of cigarettes a day yep. for everybody who lives there. They're just breathing toxic shit There's all the time. probably some truth to that too, but you, you can't let like the corporations off the hook and rich people off the hook either i mean like you know all the companies that dump chemicals in the hudson river mm -hmm. and do all that stuff that's unregulated oh, no no one's saying that yeah. but what he is saying is that the the real way to concentrate on helping people is increasing their capacity for education you know getting them great education and uh, raising industry in those areas where where people can make a living and getting them out of these like these thatched roof houses and aluminum siding houses where they get destroyed every time storms go through right. getting them to safe homes for sure and, and building you know, like making life better for them and like trying to improve the economic situation he goes that's going to save way more lives than right. this is right, right and he said he thinks the solution is in technology to mitigate these problems, not just completely stopping oil. Like, they have to come up with viable alternatives. We're too far down the road now anyway. Yeah. So it's just unrealistic to be like, hey, let's just all go live off the land. And plus, when you go, right, when you go to electric, you still need oil to power that, to power the grid. Like, Well, that's the the dirty secret about people electric don't know cars. That. And tires yeah. are made of rubber and all the... I mean, there's so much that oil, it's, you can't just go stop oil. You got to figure it out somehow slowly. Yeah. We got to get better the same way we got sick. We what got do you mean? By using, it's a, it's a gambling term. Right. Like, say if you and I were gambling, we were playing pool, and I won five games in a row, and you said, like, double or nothing. I'd say, no, no, no. You got to get better the same way you got sick. <laughs> like, you're, you're five games down. Like, if we're paying $100 a, a game, and you want to bet $500 on the next game. I don't know. You got to get better the same way you got yeah. sick. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a chance to win it all back right. in one game. Get the fuck out of here. And in life, like if it takes this much time to pollute the ocean and this much time to ruin the streams and this much time to get all that carbon in the air, we probably should be looking at some long-term solution right. that includes renewable energy, right. that includes all these things, and they're like slowly migrating in a safe way that doesn't fuck us economically. You're 100% right. Yeah. 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 That's, but in those yeah. countries, like, it's imperative. Yeah. In countries that are – like, there's a lot of countries that are contributing the most to all this carbon that's in the China, atmosphere. big time, right? Big time. They're not going to yeah. stop. Yeah. They're not going to listen. Right. They're not going to listen. No. So we're over here like a small percentage of the world's problem. And if and we're still going to be buying shit from China, so we're going to be like funding it, going to be funding all this pollution over there. Right. Well, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot, and I don't. I, this one thing I don't understand why they keep doing the, um, the zero tolerance COVID lockdowns at the factories because that's just making American companies diversify where their factories are. Isn't that hurting their pocket? I don't understand why they're doing it. I, I don't get it. People are wild, dude. Is it just because they're wild. authoritarian? Or? I think that's it. I think they just crack that whip on people they just can't get out of their own way in that way or something i mean it seems to be a way of managing people that's very common right that authoritarian zero zero tolerance 
way of, of treating people. That's how you keep people scared. And if you do that with tweets, like they do that with tweets. Like if you tweet over there, you're fucked. If you tweet something shitty, you, you know, you put out something on whatever those, their social media apps are, you're fucked. That's the case in Saudi Arabia too, right? You're fucked. Man. You tweet some shit about the government, you complain about the government, you're fucked. You know, that's what they do. Yeah. You can't get away with it. Well, they're fucking up the supply chain. And uh, well, the whole world is yeah. fucked right now in that way. And that kind of, that's going to make companies go like, we're, we're going to move our, we're going to move our factory here because they, they don't have those types of zero tolerance policies. They're not shutting down like that. We need to keep, we need to keep those trains moving. People need their fucking iPhones. Well, also, they need their upgrade. We shouldn't be reliant upon all these other countries for everything we need because it's cheaper. No. That seems dumb. Well, we got sold out a long time ago, right? Yeah. When we went overseas with the factories and sort of said fuck you to the American worker who wanted, uh, you know, certain rights. That's and, Roger and Me. Yeah. A documentary, Roger yeah. and Me, when you see how devastating it was mm -hmm. to all the communities around those car manufacturing plants. Money, man, fuck, what it does to dude. people. A little more, pad that bottom line a little more, and, the, you know, that's, yeah. that's sort of the flaw in our system, but it's the best flaw. It's the best. I, I believe it's still... The best system. The best system. Yeah, not the best flaw. It's like the least problem of all the problems yeah. that can be mitigated with a little bit of, I don't know, socialist temperance. I don't know. A little regulation. Yeah, mixed economy seems to work <clears throat> pretty decently. It seems like you need some sort of regulation, but you also need a healthy economy. Because in a healthy economy, more people are making money, more jobs are available... And people do better. For sure. And people do better than economically. If people are doing better, you would assume that would equate to probably less crime, less poverty, less problems. More, You know, if we just concentrated on that, more education, better education, less poverty. Like th That should be like the mandate for the country. Fix all the problem cities. Fix all the problems that are seriously economically disenfranchised communities that have existed that way forever. If they don't fix that, you're always going to have this gigantic fucking problem in this country. Yeah. And the places that lost everything because of manufacturing, maybe you could bring everything back. Yeah, why Maybe not? it's possible. Why not? It's not too late. Bring it back. Look, they make a lot of shit in America already. If we start making most of the stuff that we need, if we can be completely self-sustainable this, on this continent, if shit goes sideways again, <clears throat> like it did during the lockdowns, wouldn't cause as much of a hiccup. Yeah. And if you're gonna if you're gonna spend money, spend it on education. Because yeah. Aristotle warned a long time ago, the future of a civilization depends on the education of the citizens. It's true. I mean, and the way we fund the public school system is all by property taxes. It's very inequitable, and that that that's not in anyone's interest in the bigger picture. No. It, public edu education should, in my opinion, be good no matter where you are, no matter how expensive or inexpensive the property is. That should be just. That should be a priority of your empire or civilization, whatever you want to call it. We're an empire. Let's just be honest. It should be a priority, a top priority that our citizens are fucking just as smart as Finnish kids. Those fucking Finnish people. But then there's the conspiracy theory. And the conspiracy theory is that our education system sucks on purpose. Because it's good to have a bunch of people that don't know what the fuck is going on because those people are easier to control than people that are well-educated and objective and analyze things and they're not as easy to fool. Yeah. You well, can trick people with certain narratives. You can trick If you want to get elected, if you're in a, in, a, in a place where people have to get elected, you need a lot of rubes. Yeah. You need a lot of people that are gullible. You need a lot of people wearing red hats. 
You need yeah. a lot of people that are fucking storming the Capitol. You need a right. lot of people with flags hanging out of their pickup trucks. You need a lot of rubes. Right. And there's stupid people Not on the other side, Not saying they're the only too. rubes. Yeah, yes. there's rubes on the other there's side There's plenty well. of rubes. There's plenty of rubes on the other side that are yelling the loudest. I would say that there's legitimacy to that. To both of those And it's deep-rooted in, uh, in a flaw in our system, our, uh, in, in democracy, but... Still the best system. The best system. Yeah. It's just, it, like all systems, there's room for improvement. Mm -hmm. It's just that because it's run by the government, they suck at everything. They really are slow. They suck at everything. Yeah. But that's just, the, the only thing they're good at is the post office. Post office is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Not bad. And they're good when they, you know, when they fund private companies to do shit. The private companies do it pretty good. Yes. That good dance, that. A lot of people critique that dance, but that dance seems to work pretty good in a lot of cases. Imagine if you could make it super profitable to clean up Baltimore. Yeah. Super profitable. Like it, do it, like one of them fucking no bid yeah. contracts that Halberton got over in Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, because look, at the end of the day, not to sound like an Ayn Rand objectivist, but there we're basically selfish creatures. So we're self interested and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a thing because it is what it is. And so if you can find a way to use that for good, if you can play on that for good and the and capitalism is the is the best way to facilitate that, you know, to say, hey, here, here's this good you can do and you'll get rich doing it. But then there's people that are like, but you know what? Socialism's never been given a chance. It's been given plenty of fucking chances. No, no, no. We yeah. ruined Cuba with the embargo. Well, if it was a better system, it would have been able to withstand that. That's what the fuck are you talking about? Well, also, they, they kind of like were dictators over there and they force people into labor they force people into doing things here's my and that's not a good example cuba is not the best example when you talk to people that lived in cuba it's exactly yeah completely restrictive you don't want a, a utopian culture like that and the idea is that that utopian culture is only that way because of the embargo that's just a guess mm -hmm. like even if we didn't have the embargo with cuba if it's run by castro i, I guarantee you he's going to have a certain amount of control it's not like he put that control over the people just because of the embargo like that's how that guy ran shit well this is the, what the, you know this is the sort of the thorn in that uh the idealism of socialism is they always yeah they're saying like everyone will be equal but what that what the reality is is everyone will be all the same poor because in order to be rich or well off you have to be a capitalist so that's the truth and that's why socialism doesn't work. And that's why, if you look, case in point, in reality, they're all fucking poor. Guess who's not poor? The fucking guy in power. He's never poor. In any of the communist countries, you never see those guys walking <laughs> around with no fucking shoes trying to get a baseball contract. They're not, you know, Fidel Castro wasn't like, my only hope is to swim on a shoe and get a Yankee deal. <laughs> he was fine. He had the best cigars. He had the steak when he wanted. And everybody else was eating their fucking shoes. Exactly. That's the reality. But and that's got nothing like that? to do with the United States. What if there's no embargo? What if they had free trade with Cuba? Uh, yeah, well, what if my what if my mother was my father? Then she would have a dick. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? You know, th those are people who don't live in the real world. Like you said, aptly said, ask someone who lived there. Yeah. You know? Well, talk to Joey. You know, Joey still has relatives over there in Cuba. You know, and Joey's family came over here when he was young. And, you know, I know uh, quite a few people that came from Cuba, you know, that—, that talk about like what it was like to try to escape including, including Yoel Romero who came on the podcast and Joey translated for him yeah yeah not good there's but no there's, there's no... not there's never been a, it's never been done in a way that makes uh, me say hmm that looks good yeah you know it's always the, the equality of outcome is a dangerous situation because it has to be enforced 
right? And there's the only way to enforce. And, and also, people need motivation to do extreme things. Like if if Elon Musk wasn't making, it wasn't worth two hundred eighty billion dollars a year. Do you think he'd be, or two hundred billion eighty dollars, uh, two hundred eighty billion dollars period? Do you think he'd be willing to work sixteen hour days? And fucking sleep on the floor of the Tesla plant, and 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 in the same time run SpaceX at the same time buy Twitter. Like that guy's a psycho. Like you need psychos. You need people that are like extremely driven, because those are the ones that are innovators. They, and they innovate. get things done. Absolutely, they get things done that you and I are not going to get done. Right. If 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 it's about set, sending civilization to Mars and creating high speed internet access through satellite all around the world, and they're relying on Giannis Papas and Joe Rogan, we got a real fucking problem. <laughs> Right? We got a real problem. And you need room for those people. And you need room for overachievers. And you also need room for people that just want to coast. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You want to get a nice job working for the, you know, the, the fucking the garbage company and you just get up every morning, you're done by 9 a.m., fine. Yeah. Well, you could do that too. Yeah. You know, maybe that's better for you. Yeah. I don't know. But you got to have room for people to make choices. And you got to have room. That's what, like, the problem with, you know, and, um, Yonmi Park talked about this recently. See if you can find that. There's a video, a speech that she gave recently, recently where she talked about how coming from North Korea and what people call inequality in America, she thought was amazing because that meant you could work hard and you could get to this place of having wealth and happiness and, and prosperity if you just did the right thing and worked hard. Whereas in North Korea, that was absolutely impossible. She lived and escaped when she was 13 years old. The worst case scenario a country that's literally starving their people and and killing their people if they like kill animals like if you, you go and kill a cow and slaughter it they'll kill you right and they do it publicly let everybody know that right. you you are, you are completely under the control of a government and the way they did it was by telling people they were going to take over their farms because that way they were going to feed everyone they were going to control everything yeah. but then no no it went it went sideways like it always does like let's hear the speech do you know how North Korea became how it is today? When Kim Il-sung came, he made one promise to North Korean people. I'm going to feed you rice and meat stew each meal. And I'm going to get rid of all the inequality. If I do that, why don't you give me all your land and all your rights? We wanted no inequality, so we gave our land, our rights to this one guy. He took everything from us. So whenever in America I came and people in Manhattan living in the best city in the world telling me passionately how America is so bad. So I asked them, so what is it so bad about America that you hate so much? And they say, you know what? We have inequality in this country. That's an amazing thing that you can rise to <laughs> compared to other people. The enemy is a poverty, not inequality. That's some deep shit right and that's there. That's from a yeah. woman who suffered under the North Korean regime yeah. and escaped when she was 13. She knows what the fuck she's talking about. She knows yeah. what the fuck she's talking about. When yeah. you talk to her about the harrowing story of her escaping to China and then eventually getting to America, like, fuck. That was very moving to watch. And uh, it's true. When you elevate the group over the individual, inevitably the individual loses his rights and because, someone has to be in control of that because you always justify what you can always justify yeah. anything you do for the group by sacrificing the individual right and it's not like they're going to be good at this yeah. when they haven't been good at anything like they're, they're terrible at all this yeah and if this is what they're doing with this FB, ftx shit or whatever the fuck it is ftx i said that right like 
what other what other fucking shenanigans are going on with money and power? Right. Like how much how much shenanigans are involved totally? Until you're willing to take money out of politics, we're never going to fix that. You have to fi- it, 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 that has to happen, or else they'll con- seems like it's not gonna perpetual corruption. Yeah, yeah, perpetual corruption. Yeah, yeah. Well, they thank they, God they're good at counting votes. They're so fast. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, in certain states they're fast. Certain no, no, they're so slow. fast. Yeah, like Arizona's only been a week. Mm-hmm. You remember when you used to know the night? Yes. The night of the election? <laughs> yeah, now it takes wins? a long time. Yeah. You know in Florida, and you know in Texas, and you know in a couple other spots, like right away. Yeah. But in Arizona, like, we don't know. Right. Still finding votes. Yeah. Still finding votes. Yeah, that's that doesn't bode well. It's usually like, are we a, starting to become a banana republic? We can't even fucking count hey, votes. Hey, you shouldn't even say that. <laughs> you shouldn't even question whether or not this voting is legitimate. Right. You really shouldn't question election results, even though everybody does. Right. Even though everybody does. They yeah. all do. Unfortunately, all they all do, yeah. They all do. Every Hil- single one of them. Hillary did. Trump did. They all yeah, do. They all do it. Yeah. Remember they caught that lady who was the White House press secretary? Mm-mm. She questioned the results of the 2016 election. Right. She did it on Twitter, openly and publicly. Right. When it, uh, Some of that shit's just sore loser shit, too. And Stacey yeah. Abrams did it. They all do yeah. it. They all do it. Yeah. Didn't Hillary Clinton do it? They all do Hillary it. Hillary Clinton did it. They Hillary... all blame Russia and yeah. fucking all kinds of other shit. She called him an illegitimate president. I mean, I think that was, she was doing it retroactively, but still, it's no good. You can't no do good. that. Then then people start to question everything. Obama didn't do that. No, Obama, Obama, <sighs> look. When, when Trump won? Yeah. I mean, like... he carpet bombed the Middle East, but hey, a lot, of, bit. A lot of soldiers didn't die. He, he, put, he put American lives first. Um, Bunch of drone strikes. Yeah, they weren't that accurate. Look, they all do bad shit, but I, I do it, it just to back up ideals for one thing. Our country, uh, just to say something good about certain ideals. I Should think we play the the sound. Yeah, individual rights and rule of law is what we as Americans, I think, should always prioritize because that's what keeps the people in control and we should hold them all accountable no matter how powerful they are and we should always elevate the system over any individual and what's been disconcerting to me is watching people start to worship individuals you know that's what that's what we came here to avoid you know mm. when they start following people uh, certain politicians as if they're kings and no matter what they do they're beyond reproach that's not what we're about we're about critiquing them all and I say this as a jester, whose job it is to make fun of fucking everybody, including myself, all the time, to keep us humble and always, always strive for rule of law because you can't give anyone the benefit of the doubt over rule of law, even if you love them or like them, because once you do that, you're opening it up for the devil to use that loophole, loop, that same loophole that you created to get someone you thought was bad in order to wreak havoc. Absolutely. Yeah, so you, you can't have blind allegiance towards a party and no. you don't even know the people. You don't even know them. You don't know them. Yeah. You haven't seen them turn into lizards when the moon yeah. is full. <laughs> they get in that special room in the middle of the White House. <laughs> There's that great scene, though, from uh, uh, A Man for All Seasons with St. Thomas More. Some, what is that? It's, uh, Jamie can pull it up. It, it's probably on YouTube. It's the, it's the, it gives me chills every time I see it when I fucking watch it. But it's basically about that where some guys, he's in power and the guy's asking him to arrest this guy. And he goes, I'm not doing it. He didn't break the law. And he's like, but you know he did bad shit. But he goes, until he broke the law, I want to arrest him. And he goes, if, why would you not do that? Like if if... If, uh, you know, and then he goes, because if I broke the law, you know, if you, and then you're trying to get this guy and I laid every fucking law flat. Here it is. 
He's dangerous. He's a libel. He's a spy. Father, that man's bad. There's no law against that. There is God's law. Then God can arrest him. While you talk, he's gone. And go he should if he were the devil himself until he broke the law. So, now you give the devil benefit of law. Yes, what would you do? Cut a great road through the law to get after the devil? Yes. I'd cut down every law in England to do that. Oh? And when the last law was down and the devil turned round on you, where would you hide, Roper? The law's all being flat. This country is planted thick with laws from coast to coast, man's laws, not God's. And if you cut them down, and you're just the man to do it, do you really think you could stand upright in the winds that would blow then? Yes. I give the devil benefit of law for my own safety's sake. It's big picture thinking. That's big picture it's thinking. Deep. That's deep, deep shit. That is deep. And that's what. That's that... why the ACL supported Nazis. Supported Nazis having the right to uh, free expression. Absolutely. So, like, you have to have freedom of speech, absolutely. Because as soon as you control it, you tell people you can't say this or you can't say that, then you, you've created this fucking moving line. Absolutely. You can move it over here. Like, well, this is a problem for democracy. Yep. The very democracy is at stake here. We've got to silence this. Who, where did that laptop come from? I think that was Russian disinformation. We don't have to have that on our network here. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. It's you all to, dangerous stuff, man. You got to give, uh, you got to treat the worst people with the same standard of rule of law as the best people. They got to go on trial. They got to, this is how we do it. We're civilized. This is how we do it. They got to have a better system of counting votes, though. Everyone, it's an amazing system. It's how? the best system. There's no, no better system has ever been created than this system. It's perfect. Yeah. What can they do? Well, I don't know. Whatever Florida did, Florida was done in a night. Yeah. I mean, what did they do differently? Apparently, they had. Um, that was where the red wave was. It was in Florida. Election policing. They had. You have to have an ID to vote, which uh, not having an ID to vote seems so crazy. Where you had to have an ID that showed you were vaccinated to have a job, and to work in a restaurant, and even to fly overseas. But now you don't have to have that to vote. That's crazy. That seems silly. Yeah, that's crazy. That seems wild. Yeah. Like, what? And that certainly benefits one party over the other in a lot of ways, yeah. It just seems like it would benefit whoever's in control of the situation. You know, if you're, like, are you making a deal with people that come across? Like, how does that work? Because, like, if you ever look at, like, the parts of uh, Texas that vote blue, there's a giant chunk near the border. Yeah. You ever see the, the blue map of Texas? Yeah. Like Texas, all the farmlands yeah. and all the prairies and all that shit, the ranches, it's all red as fuck. But right where the border of Mexico is, there's a large patch of blue, son. I saw that. You're right about that. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> they get across and they're like, you know what to do. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> well, that's where the Democrats, it's just ridiculous, man, when you bring up the border. And you just go, hey, maybe we shouldn't have illegal aliens. And, and they just go straight to, hey, no person's illegal. Don't say that. You're going like, that's sort of like the, you know, you just shut down the argument by calling yeah. someone a boomer. And you're going like, that's not an argument. Yeah. It's not an argument to say yeah. no person's illegal. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Every country has a border. People should immigrate legally, right? Right? And they go, they just don't answer. They just well, go, not no like person's illegal. Terrorists, watchless people coming through, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. I'm sure there's some of that. Oh, yeah. they catch them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they catch them all the time. Yeah, if you were a terrorist, you'd be like, hey, there's a porous border. Let me just walk through. And, yeah. how people, and how many people are getting through every day? Isn't it some incredible number, like 2 million people this year? Right now, it's the, the worst. It's, it's bad. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that Greg Abbott said, the governor of Texas, 
fine state of Texas. He said they have to um, control the border between Mexico and South America and Central America because that's where they're coming through. Right. Because they're coming through into Mexico. The amount of people that are coming across that are just Mexicans, I think it's a fairly low number. It's not the majority of people coming through Mexico. They're coming from other countries that are far poorer than Mexico. They walk into Mexico and then come, yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't see a lot of people trying to break into communist countries. They're not swimming on rafts <laughs> to get into fucking... North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll fucking shoot you. They'll shoot you. They only have a certain amount of bugs for people to eat. It's <laughs> not enough for you over here. <laughs> yeah. When you fly over North Korea at night and you see it's dark and South Korea is lit up, that's what's wild. Yeah. That is wild. It's just so resentful, too, when they we talk about the border and anything, uh, you know, that's common sense. You just get accused. They just go with that racist angle. It's like you can't be you're like. But what's crazy who is. Who cares? If it was, if, if, the, if, if fucking Sweden was on our border, it would be the same thing. It's like you can't have. Illegal people coming in. You just can't. Every sovereign country has a fucking border. They can't not have borders. There's Obama many reasons ran why. On that. Obama, when he was running for president, ran on that. We got to secure the border. Yeah. We have to have safe and secure borders. They, I mean, he gave a, sp- a famous speech about that. Yeah. They all said that. Yeah, they hated him. They called him the, the deporter in chief. Was his because uh, he deported actually more people than more illegals than I think any other president. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure really? that's true. His nickname was the deporter in chief, and so the left it, criticized him. Was it him that was doing that? It was his policies. And what was the, what were those policies? It was kind of some zero tolerance type shit. Mm. Yeah, where he was really tough on him. But then you meet some people that snuck across, and they're really nice folks. And you're like, I want a pathway for you to come over here. Seem like a productive member of society. It's a perfect example. Has there's no solutions, only trade-offs. The great uh, Thomas, Thomas Sowell. It's a great quote, yeah. and there's a lot of truth to it. It's a lot of truth yeah. to it. But people always want solutions, and those uh, trade-offs seem messy. But messy trade-offs, are, that's what life's all about. Yeah. Reality is, is messy, man. It's messy. I think grown-ups know that, you know? Well, another thing that we were talking about on the way over here that we should probably talk about before we leave is what's happening in Iran. Like, what, what is going on over there with, uh, I told you there was like 14,000 plus people that they might sentence to death for protesting. That's insane. Yeah. And it all started out when that girl had her headscarf on improperly and she was killed. Yeah. And so that started riots all over the world. Right. And they're rioting like crazy. Like, what is going on right now currently in Iran? Do you know about that story, Jamie? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm Googling and looking at, but I don't, uh, I'm trying to find like the most up to date answer for that. You're not hearing a lot about that in the news. Yeah, it's like today, I think they said 15,000 or 14,000 people are being. An estimated 15,000 people are detained as Iran executes first rioter. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, 14,000 people fighting for basic freedoms are facing the death penalty in Iran, They've been mostly ar- teens and young adults. They've been arrested and detained. <clears throat> Shit. Iran issues first death sentence over protests. Javid Rehman, a uh, special UN reporter on the situation of human rights in Iran, last week said as many as 14,000 people had been arrested. Dude, have you seen pictures of Iran before the theocracy took over? Like, it was just like... Yeah. And same with Afghanistan. It's just fucking chill. Rapper who protested over death of Masha Amini faces charges, faces execution in Iran. 22-year-old Masha Amini died in custody, having been arrested by Iran's 
morality police. <sighs> this is crazy. Iranian lawmakers demand no leniency for protesters as mass demonstrations continue. So they're trying to threaten people and kill people to quitting. They're going to execute their way out of this. It says Iran votes to execute protesters, says rebels need a hard lesson. Ugh. Appreciate America, everyone. <laughs> look at that. Look at, look at the scene. Yeah, it's bad news over there. I wonder what happens if they, if, I mean, imagine this one girl got killed and that's what started this off. If they, if they really do execute 14,000 people, Iran's parliament voted by a majority 227 out of 290 to execute all protesters. Wow. The authorities emphasize that the rebels need to be taught the most hard lesson. Holy fuck, dude. It's unclear when the executions will be carried out, but the task will be, will potentially be significant. As of Thursday, CNN reports about 14,000 people have been arrested in connection with the recent protests. On Tuesday, Carnegie Endowment fellow Kareem Sadjapur said the number was nearing 15,000. That's why it's important to have separation of church and state. Scroll back down, please. It says, uh, in the last eight weeks, Iran's regime has killed over 300 protesters, imprisoned nearly 15,000, and threatened to execute hundreds more, yet Iran's women persist. Today, female university students remove their forced hijab and chant, I am a free woman. That is real oppression, folks. That's yeah. what real oppression looks like. Well, we got our problems here, too. There is a wage gap of 25 cents or something. Look at this, man. This is wild. And they're wearing masks. Do you think they're wearing masks to hide their identity, or do you think they're afraid of COVID? I think they're hiding their identity. Maybe. Yeah, because think about what they're doing. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they're, they're going up against—I mean, they have to be brave as fuck. They're yeah. going up against possible real death. Wow. This is wild, Makes man. you appreciate America, man. This is scary shit, yeah. man. That's scary shit. That is really scary. It's it just it's hard for people to believe that that could happen here. It really is. It's it's hard for people, but you have to realize that's happening somewhere in the world in 2022. While we're enjoying lattes from Starbucks and fucking Netflix, you in other parts of the world you have to dress a specific way or you will be killed. Like yep. that is happening in a modern country with the internet. Yep. They have cell phones. They have cars, and they're killing people for dressing incorrectly. And then the, they're. They're going to kill the protesters. Yeah. It's horrible. And those girls have a lot of courage. And all those uh, people who are protesting have a lot of courage. And That's real courage. Yeah, that's right? real courage, man. That's the that's real deal. Real consequences. Yes. And that, I think, you know, when we talk about what Yomi Park said and what we see what's going on in Iran, that should give everybody perspective. It's not to say that we're perfect over here. But the burn it all down thing that people want to do, these kids, burn it all, burn capitalism to the ground. You know, like, listen, that result will be far more horrendous than anything you could possibly imagine. If you up, just upturned the entire government and the military and everything that's controlling the country, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen if you take over and have a distribution of wealth and take the money away from all the rich people and give it to all the poor people? Who's going to run this? How do you think that's going to go? How long before you're getting branded above your pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Is it 50 years? Shit, How many like years? A couple months. <laughs> <laughs> 
someone's going to take over, folks. Yeah. And they're going to do it for your own good. And yeah. gonna, you're going to be happy and you're going to own nothing. Yeah, the brilliance of America is that uh, they learned all the lessons. The founding fathers in that generation, that American enlightened generation, learned all the lessons of these things that have played out in history before. And we still see it in places of the world that are not as enlightened. And that's the result. That's yeah. the result. It's it, never going to be the utopia you think. We need to make our system better. We can't throw it away. We need to we need to fix this thing slowly and carefully in a way that doesn't overturn everything. Well said. If we don't, we're fucked. And the real problem is not 78 genders and whether or not the oceans are going to boil. The real problem is money and politics. And is that these motherfuckers put us in positions in order for them to gain extreme wealth. And they do that for their own benefit. And they've always done that. They've done that forever. And in every fucking world event that happens, every big thing that goes on that gets everybody scared, there's a certain part of this world that capitalizes on that. And they tighten down control and they tighten down regulations and they do things in order to have more power and to profit. And they've always done it that way. Yeah. That's their motivation. That's yeah. why they got that job in the first place. Yeah. They didn't get that job. If they did get that job initially to save the world, after... 30 years of working with Nancy Pelosi, you change your tune. Yeah. They're, they're, well, they're, are they amending that now with the Stock Act? They're trying to... No, uh, no, no. It's the, everyone yeah. should be allowed to do whatever yeah. they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I don't agree with that. I agree we should be allowed to participate. <laughs> she pushed the microphone yes, away yes. and walked out of yeah. there like, we're done here. Yeah. Don't We're ask any here. more questions about that. Yeah. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. Sit down. You need to answer questions. Yeah. <laughs> How are you better at this than Warren Buffett? Yeah. Why your 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 husband is a he is outperforming the market. I mean, the guy's got the golden touch. How did that happen? It seems weird that he knows these things yeah. before they happen. <laughs> it's not just her though. A lot of you know, oh, a yeah. lot of Republicans have been uh, oh, convicted yeah. of insider trading. Yeah. More Republicans have been convicted of insider trading. Oh, listen, man. It's not but it's not a partisan thing. It's a corruption thing. Yes. Yeah. It's a human thing. Yeah. It's fucking for sure it's the right. For sure they're doing it. For sure they were doing it during the Bush administration. Yeah. I mean, when, when we were all outraged at the Halliburton no-bid contracts to rebuild Iraq while fucking homeboy, Dick who's Cheney. vice president yeah, of crazy. the United States, was the CEO of Halliburton. He leaves and becomes a vice president, and there's a magical connection. <laughs> it just worked out. Yeah. It's crazy. I know these guys. They can do the job. It's so lucky. We don't need the bid. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you have a bid? Give them the contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. They just do it right in front of everybody's face. It's not It's not a partisan thing. It's not a left thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a Democratic thing. It's a fucking people in power thing. For sure, yeah. Listen, man, the fucking de the Democrats, they, they've been pushing for war is in hist historically as much as Republicans mm -hmm. have been. Everybody does it. They yeah. all get in cahoots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eisenhower warned us. Yeah, the military-industrial complex. He warned us. Yeah, he warned us on his way out when he had nothing to get. You know, you know, he meant it. He yeah, he meant know it was it. true, and you know it was true because he was like leaving. So yeah. it wasn't. He was like, "Hey, I'm just letting you know," and he was doing that as a former general, yeah. a former military guy. The most beloved. A war hero. A war hero. Yeah, and he's like, hey, guys. Hey, guys, we got there's, something. We got a problem here. There's a machine yeah, that this, wants to make money. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, and people want to pretend that it's all about equality. And, but when something like Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it's almost like 
if I was if I was wanting chaos, that's what I would do. I'd be like, listen, I would, you know, if you were smart, you'd go, listen, if we overturn Roe v. Wade, if we do this and cause this, you're going to lose a lot of people that are on the fence. You're going to lose a lot of people that are, they're fiscally Republican, but socially liberal. And what they think is they, they want more law and order and they want less restrictions and want, want less government control of them closing their business. All those, you're going to lose all of them. As soon as you, because you, you, you're doing it in kind of a religious thing way, mm-hmm. you know, you're saying life begins at conception, and we're gonna fight for those babies' lives. Like whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What you're doing is all these people that may have looked at it and said, you know what, we need law and order. We need a, 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 a we need some fucking hardcore managers to like manage the aspects of our society that are important in order to have a healthy economy. Like that needs to be done properly, where things can thrive again. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this Roe v. Wade gets overturned and everybody's like, well, fuck that. Because the, you're going to give these people the power? And then what are they going to do next? They're going to go after gay marriage. Right. And they probably are. Yeah. You know, a lot of them, a lot of the same people that believe that life begins at conception also don't believe that men should be able to marry each other. Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, that, that's the whole danger maybe of- Maybe it's uh, conception. Or maybe it's contraception. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the danger when you mix uh, religion and um, yeah. power. And that's what the founding fathers- saw and that's why they wanted to separate them and it's that same utopian thinking like hey look yeah. if you believe life it um begins at conception that's that's fine yeah. then, then you don't have an abortion right but you don't have to do it you don't have to do shit but you putting that on somebody else and look i understand it's a murky issue of when and yeah when it gets late it, it, it's weird and a lot of countries have taken that into account and they say you can only do first term um but if you really want to talk about god and the reason that you're that your uh, pro-life is for God, then before around 1920, you know, circa 1920, before medical technology advanced and, you know, uh, you know, 20, something like uh, 20 to 50% of children died shortly before or after childbirth. Um, Sometimes the mother would die. It's a brutal thing. So who aborts the most? G-O-D, which lets you know one thing. Maybe God votes Democrat. I don't know, but... God killed a lot of babies, is what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, because it's a harsh take. It's but it's true, but it's true. I mean, childbirth used to be very dangerous, and a lot of kids, uh, what would have been kids, didn't make it. I mean, you know, it's a violent process, and before we were able to really sanitize it and and um, use modern uh, medical technology to make it safe, a lot of kids died. I mean, how many kids did Abraham Lincoln have that died? I mean, like half his kids didn't make it. They died at two or one. They'd get diseases real quick short, shortly after childbirth. Um, you know, it would happen all the time. That's what the life expectancy number's all about. Right. You know, it comes it, the difference between now and then. I mean, life expectancy has down. gone up a little bit with some people, but the average is like the real problem is child. Yeah. Child death. So, I mean, that's a utopian take to believe that like, oh, I'm just pro-life. Well, then are you going to adopt all the kids? I mean, like, what do we talk? What do we do? Yeah, it's a, it's a convenient take but the, the, my issue with it also is that it kind of gets religious. And when it kind of gets religious, there is an argument that some people make about contraception. It gets real fucking squirrely where people think that contraception is immoral. And that there's, there's certain religious people that think that that's the next step they want to push for. I mean, if, if things go further and further down that line of control based on religious sensibilities and ideas, that is something you could see on the table. And then you know what you get after that? Wear your fucking headscarf or we'll shoot you. Exactly. That's where it goes. It goes. It always That's goes. That's where it goes, yeah. When you, don't, when you don't allow people to have freedom, things get slippery. 
real quick, whether it's freedom to choose whether or not to have an abortion, whether it's freedom to choose what you wear and what you don't wear, what you say and what you don't say, what political party you affiliate yourself with. You can't, be, you can't like have an entire half of the country persona non grata because they believe in things that are different than what you believe in. Yeah. You're just othering people. Yeah. And you're creating this fucking weird place where it's okay for bad things to happen to them because they don't agree with you. Yeah. And your beliefs are convenient. You're saying life is precious. And I agree it is, right? But... It, it ain't all that precious to uh, to nature or God or whatever you want to call it. He takes all the time. So, you know, keep keep your feet on the ground when you have your opinions. I mean, it's not all one thing or the other. I mean, it's a messy world. and It's a messy world. It's a messy world, man. It's a messy world, but, you know, you can do better always, and you could do better with freedom. You could definitely do better if you don't have a centralized control of what people are allowed to say and do. That's never good. It's no. never good to give them the... Even if you think you're doing it for good, it'll always turn fucking sideways. Right. And to throw a bone, I mean, I agree, you know, I think after first term or whatever it is, whatever's decided, it's a messy issue, it, it, that becomes a different thing where you're going like, hey, man, you, I think you're kind of killing a kid. You're kind of killing a kid <laughs> no. after a while. Yeah, after you get a, while, to a certain yeah. point, you yeah. most certainly are. You're, you're kind of killing a kid. But yeah. there's a lot of people on the left that don't ever want to admit that. That's the problem. That becomes ideological then yeah. because now you're not thinking rationally and logically. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't a child, if it wasn't a human, if you were trying to look at this in terms of an organism, you would you would say, well, is that organism viable? Right. Yeah. Is it viable outside the womb? Yes. You're choosing to kill it now, but if it if you just took it out of the womb, it would live and grow up? Yes. Okay. What are we doing? Right. That seems like killing a kid. Right. But if it's a cluster of cells and a girl just, uh, you know, found out yesterday that some guy that she did Molly with shot a live round in her and she's 18 years old, should she upend her life when she could just take a, a plan B pill or when she can go and get a, an abortion? You, who's to say? Right. Who the fuck are you to say that she has to have a kid now? Well, yeah. What gives you the authority or the moral authority over her? to say what she's going to do with her life or what she wants to do. That's bullshit. Yeah, and the hardliners are at conception. And the hardliners can go fuck themselves. Like, uh, you know, as far as, like, if a girl's raped or something and then y you don't look at her rights at all and you say uh, she should have the baby, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I would fucking do everything in my power to kill you if you tried to make any of my relatives have a kid who who is... Uh, from a relative who was raped. I including mean, that's children. That's ridiculous. Including children. Yeah, I've mean, had that, that argument with people. They talk about children being yeah. raped. That's ridiculous. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And that, if you wanted to create chaos, wouldn't you push for that? Because that's the way you're, you're, you know, if you've got like some sort of division in this country where people are trying to figure out which side to be on, which side to not be on, well, that throws a whole fucking monkey wrench into the thing. Yeah. Well, I think the right has always been opposed to it. I mean, remember the religious right used to be like the main opponent until yeah. Trump kind of upended that. Uh, you know, he claimed he's like, I'm a Christian. I go to church. But I mean, you know, he's come on. He's fucking, <laughs> you know, he's getting his days probably, you know, <laughs> I, I know that the steel dossier was bullshit for the most part. and They didn't have any video of him peeing on a hooker. But if someone told me he peed on a hooker, I'd believe he I peed thought on they peed on him or she peed on him. Yeah. Either way, it wouldn't surprise me if Trump fucking. You know, if a if a hooker peed on him, it's always a pee thing, right? Like you want to shame someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he likes getting peed on. Yeah, you know, if he, it's just like he likes getting his dick sucked. Yeah. You're like, oh, who doesn't? Whatever it is, he's not a born again Christian. He's not a hardcore Christian. He's a New York fucking real estate mogul. Real estate mogul who loves models, loves fucking yeah. He ran, didn't he? Ran like Miss, Miss USA or yeah. Miss Universe or some shit. Yeah, he yeah. grabbed people by the pussy when he. <laughs> 
when he could. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> he admitted it. I mean, he's not uh, the model uh, religious man, but so he's he... an alternative to for for some of the rubes. Yeah. Like he, they could see him being the the better version of what they would like from someone running shit. I think that's why they voted for him. I think it, most of the votes were because they hated Hillary because she's uh, she's so unlikable and for many other reasons. Um, but you also, know, they're afraid of the Democrats. Yeah, they're afraid they're gonna you know turn all the kids trans and fucking take all their money away and well, the, ruin the world. And you know, it's like there's all these like weird divisions ideological divisions on the left and the right and you know you could see arguments for both sides where there's rational arguments from the left and rational arguments for some of the republican ideas but the problem is we only have two fucking choices yeah and they're the only two viable choices the whole system's been kind of co-opted you, you can't win if you're a third party. McDonald's or Burger King? Where's Wendy's? We give us throw Wendy's in there. <laughs> the right has a point though in their fear a little bit. Like when you come when it comes to guns and abortion, you're right. Like what you said, it's like the the left is so hard line about like, hey man, I should be able to do whatever I want whenever I want. And then with guns, they're like, there should be no guns. And you're like, wait, slow down, man. Right. You know that's not true either. Like right. stop. Can we have a common sense? A, com a sensible discussion about this. The like, vast majority of people who own handguns or own any kind of guns are not ever going to use it to kill a person. They're, they're going to use it either as practice or as hunting or to protect their family. They're going to use it in hopes that they never have to use it. They're going to have it in their home as a form of protection because they know that sometimes shit goes sideways and some crackhead breaks in your house and wants to kill you. That does happen. Yeah. I mean, if Paul Pelosi had a pistol, yeah. he would not have got sh hit in the head with a fucking hammer. Or at least this fucking Simply Safe account. They don't, they don't even have a fucking security alarm on it. I mean, yeah, but yeah, you're that right. That whole story is strange. It's a little weird. And yeah. how NBC removed the video where they were describing the scenario when the cops came to the door. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened or what didn't happen. I don't even want to speculate. Right. But, but sometimes uh, they rush. Sometimes journalists rush because they want to be the first one out. And, right. And they get things wrong. So oh, that yeah. happens too. It yeah. happens. It happens. Who fucking knows? Who knows? But at the end of the day, that guy had a pistola. That would all have ended right there. Like, get, 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 get with the hammer. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's like you can't just say guns are bad. You know, it's like it depends. Like I had a whole joke about it. Like because now I live in the country and I got a gun. It's like, you know, you need a gun. You know, at, at night, the state troopers take over. I, I live in a small place. It's like, you know, the, it takes 20 minutes for the cops to get to your house. Also, there's bears and fucking things that could attack my dog. Like, you need a gun. There's no other. Th I'm not going to get a fucking bow and arrow. It's like, you need a gun. You need a gun. And it's completely sensible and it's completely a good thing to have a gun if you live in an area that isn't dense. But then on the flip side, I do see, like, if everyone was packed... It, strapped in, in strapped in New York, and you get on you get on the train during rush hour, and, and there's then like a, a little <laughs> everyone pulls out. It ends like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh fucking, Jesus! I mean, I get it. Like in dense That's populations, yeah. I mean, it's like so you have to have like a reasonable discussion about it. And but the crazy thing is that in dense populations, they have the most strict gun laws and the most gun violence. Like yeah. Chicago is crazy gun laws yeah. and a lot of fucking violence. Well, a lot a, of gun violence. I think a lot of those guns come over state lines, though. You know, I'm sure. they buy them in I'm in, sure. Indiana and they move them across. That's why, if you're going to have any sensible gun laws, I think it would have to be uniform. Yeah, but then you're giving the federal government the the, the ability to dictate who does and doesn't have uh, the ability to protect themselves with a firearm. I see that problem too. And yeah. all the First Amendment people and the Second Amendment people are like, wait a minute. Yeah, and also I see that problem too. And I think uh, just to uh, 
piggyback off that, you know, get a little tangential, but when Hillary Clinton recently said um, she called the Electoral College antiquated, I felt like that was very dangerous and very stupid to say because the country's very different. We're a United States of America and the states are very different. And I think a very good argument could be made that a lot of those states should have more of a say just because they don't have a big population. They serve an important function to the country and their representation should be heard. And I think the electoral, you could make a great argument that the electoral college uh, functions to keep us together. You know what I mean? To keep this thing united. And instead of having those states go, well, fuck you. We don't believe we're not all trying to be actors in Los Angeles. We have a different culture. And that culture should be respected. And the Electoral College provides those low population states a little bit more say, and it keeps us united. There's a strong argument to be made. And for her to just wholesale call it antiquated is self-serving, fucking naive, and cunty. Can I well, say that? I get it from <laughs> her perspective podcast? because she would have won. Yeah, well, fuck you. She won the popular vote by like three million votes. Yeah, well, fuck like you. Three million people more picked me than the orange guy. Yeah, well, well, fuck you. I want to be able to do dates in Iowa. And she, I wanted to be in the country without a passport when I traveled there. She's like, I could have been the fucking queen. Yeah. <laughs> I could have taken them all. <laughs> what do you think the world would have been like if Hillary Clinton won in 2016? <sighs> we would all be wearing pussy hats. <laughs> 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 that, would be, that would be the new burqa. Do you think that um, it would go the other way and there would be a lot more misogyny? <laughs> because I have friends that, that talk to me about, like, black friends that talk to me about the racism went a tick up when Obama was elected. Yeah. Because people were angry and angry racists were very, very vocal about it. Yes. And that you could see people that you didn't even know were racist and they would say racist things yeah. about Obama. Yeah. And it, it shocked them. Yeah. And they're like, why would they want to go through that? Imagine going through that. Yeah. Wouldn't you see, think the same thing would happen if we had a female leader? Especially if we had a female leader that's not very likable. So you think... So you think Misogyny it, would kick up. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. And, and guys who are, you know, who, there's people that openly hate women. There's mm -hmm. like people, there's women who openly hate men, but yep. they're not as scary. But people who openly hate women, they're fucking spooky for yeah. a lot of women. Yeah. And imagine if that kicks up. Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for cunts like you, this country wouldn't be like this. You're like, what? Yeah. If you're a woman, you're a Democrat, and you're you're out on the town with a couple of your Democrat friends, and you get confronted by some Republican guy who believes he just lost his job because you voted for the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably would. You're right. That yeah. probably would have hundred percent for sure. Hundred percent. She's the, she's very unlikable, even by her own party. She's just, she's she's like Jason Voorhees, dude. She just keeps coming back. Well, she said she's never going to run for president again. So well, that's pretty good news. Yeah, that's unless they but call her. She's, Fucking, she's like, clean up. Yeah, she keeps <laughs> popping up though. Like you know, she's got some Apple TV show with a daughter where she's sitting there with gutsy Me Megan the Stallion. They're gutsy. Yeah, they just fucking never go away. But but they're super gutsy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what it's called? I guess. Bro, you know yeah. what's gutsy? Yeah. Navy SEALs. Yeah. That's gutsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What those girls are doing in Iran is gutsy. Yeah, yeah. that's gutsy. Yeah. Being worth $400 million and uh, talking about how you make balloon animals with your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to a state and throwing a Yankee hat on and then running for senator. I mean, that's, that's gutsy. gutsy. Yeah, that's, that's gutsy. That's kind of gutsy. Yeah. That's kind of gutsy. Kind of gutsy. Yeah. You're not really from there. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are from Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> You were involved in shady real estate yeah, deals yeah. in Arkansas yeah. where people got suicided. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little strange. It's all crazy. It's, uh, you know, yeah. it's like six degrees of, you know, what was it? Uh, six degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. It's like six degrees of death with the Clintons. You're like, it's, it's, I don't know what happened, but it is weird. That body count's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> but again, they're in an unusual business, right? Yeah. Like, how many comics do we know that have killed themselves? Yeah. You know, that's an unusual business, too. Yeah. This guy, I mean, when you're dealing with politics and you're dealing with people that are involved in shady businesses and stuff, you do get a certain amount of suicides. Like, didn't one of Bernie Madoff's kids kill himself? Yeah. C- couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. What an empty, hollow existence. Like, this fucking kid in the Bahamas. Imagine it all comes tumbling down. You realize that you swindled people out of their whole life savings. And then, of course, from we're just hearing about this now. The stories are going to come out. Like, some grandmother who's talked by her son to investing all of her retirement money into crypto. And now she's eating dog food. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to hear those stories. Yeah. Yeah. You got to look at yourself in the mirror. You, you don't like what you see. And, you and some people are going to kill themselves. Yeah. Some people are going to conveniently get suicided after they make odd tweets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or that. Or that. Or that. That's possible, too. That's possible, too, man. <laughs> people definitely get whacked, right? Are we denying people get whacked? No, people get whacked. <clears throat> people yeah. get whacked. People get whacked. But when people get whacked, everyone's like, he didn't get whacked. <laughs> yeah. He hung himself by an extension cord <laughs> and shot himself in the chest with a shotgun 30 miles from his house. Yeah. That was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't like the life he lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was involved in Clinton and got Epstein into the White House seven times, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> People get whacked. You hear about that guy? People get put out of pasture. Do you no. know about that guy? No. This guy was uh, one of the people that worked. He was involved in getting uh, Epstein into the White House on multiple occasions. Hung himself on a ranch. Really? 30 miles from his home with an extension cord. Oh, and they shot, killed him. Shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. Family of Bill Clinton advisor who admitted Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven times has blocked release of files detailing the death scene after he was found hanging from a tree with a shotgun blast at a ranch 30 miles from his home. Top Clinton advisor Mark Middleton died by suicide at the age of 59. They should put suicide in quotes. (laughs) At the age of 59 on May 7th, the Perry County Sheriff's Office in Arkansas confirmed Middleton was President Bill Clinton's special advisor. Special, who admitted Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven of the at least 17 times the pedophile visited. The married father of two who lived in Little Rock, Arkansas, shot himself at a Heifer Ranch in Perryville, 30 miles away from his home. DailyMail.com can now reveal Middleton's father, Larry, and his widow, Rhea, are fighting to keep the photos and other illustrative content of, the death se- of his death sealed. Hmm. Why? The two filed for because they want to stay alive. Uh, yeah, I the get two it. filed for an injunction arguing that blocking the release of the footage would halt a proliferation of un- unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. Huh. Unsubstantiated. They should put that in quotes as well. <laughs> arguing that blocking the release of the footage would halt a pro- so th- blocking the footage would halt a proliferation of unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. That's an interesting way of... That's like the Streisand effect, though, don't you think? Yeah, that's the opposite of yeah. what would be true. The lawsuit claims the family has been harassed by... Out- well, that's, I'm sure, sh- true. Mm-hmm. Has been harassed by outlandish, hurtful, unsupported, offensive online articles regarding Middleton and his death. Perry County Sherry, uh, Sheriff Scott Montgomery said that Middleton was discovered hanging from a tree with a shotgun blast to his chest. <laughs> What a way to kill yourself. Seems like <laughs> one or the other would suffice. So I don't know why like you would. 
hang yourself and then shoot yourself with a shotgun. You're going through a lot of trouble, man. That's a wild one. That's a I didn't know about that and that one is like what you call obviously wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's out there. It's a little sus as the kids would say. That's what that's sus, son. <laughs> that one is sus. That's one of the most sus things I've ever heard. <clears throat> this is one of that's one of like 50. Yeah. Of those stories. Yeah. Yeah. That one's real sus. When you watch House of Cards and you go, hmm. Is that about the Clintons? <laughs> <laughs> People who haven't seen House of Cards just because Kevin Spacey's a, a, a dick grabber. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get your aversion. But just try to put that aside. Because it still exists. Can you still watch yeah, it? Yeah, I think. And I never got that. Can it's you still like, watch House of Cards on Netflix? I mean, I Ke Kevin Spacey did something wrong. The, the show didn't. You right. know, it's like, I never got that. Yeah, he's an actor. Yeah. He, what, Yeah. Like, don't take Woody Allen movies from me. Here it is, House of Cards. You still watch it. Unavailable on basic with ads planned due to licensing restrictions. Oh, so it's one of the ones you got to pay for now. Because there's like two different tiers of Netflix now. Like, there's Netflix with ads now. Have you watched that? How many ads are there? Is it bad? I pay for it. I think I read it's up to four minutes of ads, but I don't know. I have no idea. If you just play at the beginning, I'll go take a leak. Keep yeah, it running. All right. Can I get let, that letter? Let again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me know when it's uh, when the ads are done. Fuck. But that show, when you watch that show, House of Cards, you go, Jesus. Yeah. Even his, his I mean, accent. Is, how outlandish is this? I mean, how much of you are you making up, and how much of this is real? Or how outlandish is this? I would say probably ninety percent real, ten percent made up. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's got to be a percentage of that that's real. When you're dealing with power like that and... yeah, Or at least feasible. Yeah. Like that could be a thing that happens. Beyond feasible, yeah. 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 They're not saints, you know? And it's not like... We know they used to do it like that, right? Yeah. We know that's how they used to do it. Yeah. So at what point in time do we assume that the government cleaned up all the corruption and became would beautiful? That, would that be true? It was very evident that the shotgun worked because there was not a lot of blood or anything on the scene. You can tell a shotgun blast was on his chest. You can tell that because there was a hole in the chest and pellets come out of his back. It was definitely a self-inflicted, in our opinion. How would that make not a lot of blood if there's a hole through his chest? Mm. I mean, wait, better. Why is the guy killing himself? He found a tree and pulled a table over there. He got on that table and they took an extension cord and put it around a limb, <clears throat> put it around his neck and shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. See, the, the problem is, like, when it says it, it was definitely self-inflicted, in our opinion, like, how would you know? Like, how, why would you think that that is definitely self-inflicted? All you should know is that he was shot with a shotgun while he was hung from a tree. Nobody shoots himself with a shotgun in the chest. Right, and is there a toxicology examination? Yeah, was he, he drugged before that? Was he alive when it happened? Did they force him into that? Was there signs of struggle? You know, how, how do you know that it was self-inflicted? And because there was not a lot of blood, I assume that's because the the shotgun wound to the chest cauterized, maybe because it was close range. I mean, is that, what 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 would cause there to be no blood? But the fact was, he was also hanging. Like what? One or the other, buddy. Yeah. And you could all. I mean, if you want to put a shotgun in your face, that's definitely going to kill you. Yeah. You do, usually don't people swallow guns. Sometimes people yeah. do it wrong and they blow the front of their face off. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. That's worse. Tony knows a guy like that. Oh. It's like missing his face because he tried to kill himself and lived. Oh. Yeah, like those guys who jumped off the bridge and lived. Mm, Jesus yeah, Christ. It's got to hurt. Oh. Yeah. 
a bunch of people have survived that jump too, which is crazy. Yeah. Like the Golden Gate one. You yeah. see that documentary in the yeah. Golden Gate one? A friend of mine did that. Really? Yeah. And lived. No. Died. No, he killed himself on the bridge. Knew him for years. Yeah. <clears throat> What's interesting is those guys that did that, they all say, like, once they jumped, they regretted it. Like, in the air, oh the ones God. who lived, like, oh, of fuck, course. I should have done of that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. But, you know, you want a, a, a way out of that fucking horrible feeling. I know. But you know, there there always is a way out. Generally, just there's a way wait. out. Yeah, yeah, you just don't do that. You get... Get help. I think a lot of it is the shame of getting help or something, like... Well, there's a lot of people, too, they get older and they just think their life is a just fucking disaster that can't be fixed. It keeps getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's never never a good thing. And there's a lot of people that let Jeffrey Epstein in the White House every time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe there's something more to it. <laughs> but you can't say that. If you say that, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, some conspiracies are just... Seem not like conspiracies. Yeah, they that, seem kind of real. Yeah, that one, that one, you know. And yeah, you find out a lot. There's a few uh, examples in history that we've, we're talking about on the way over here that you're like, oh, that's not a conspiracy. It ended up being true. Well, for Golf sure. Golf Tonkin. Yeah, and for sure in other parts of the world, if you're involved in some sort of a thing where you have information that can get some sort of a leader in trouble, they're going to whack you. They're going to whack you. I mean, you, yeah. when you look at Russia, people just slip out of windows all the time. How about Jamal Khashoggi? About that story. Oh, the journalist? Yeah, the yeah. journalist that yeah. they killed at the embassy. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. They do that. Yeah, people in power, yeah, will do that. Yeah. It. Uh, it's a real thing. House of Cards. Yeah, they do it a lot. I mean. They seem to do it. Yeah, they seem to do it a lot. Seems like it's happened before. Yeah. Do it should it. be something that people consider. Yeah. Instead, people are like, <clears throat> I mean, probably not. That's not possible. Nah. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> How would they do that again? <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it, it's a, there's a little, like, um, American dissonance, like, cognitive dissonance where we believe, like, we're different from other places. Like, that could never happen here. Yeah. Leaders wouldn't do that here. Not here. You're like, yeah. No. Power is the same everywhere, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you remember when Hillary Clinton was uh, doing an interview and they were talking about Libya after Muammar Gaddafi yeah. got captured and killed? She's cackling. She was laughing. She yeah. goes... We came, we saw, he died. Yeah. Ha, 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 That evil laugh, yeah. But that is a crazy thing to laugh about. <clears throat> Not just to do it. Like, look, if an evil dictator gets taken out, that's terrible. I mean, that there was an evil dictator. It's terrible that this guy was running this country. It's terrible that this guy was, uh, you know, abusing power and killing people and all the things that I'm sure that guy did. But then when he dies and you're laughing about it. To, to emote like that at the news of his death shows that you're kind of like him you kind of have some you you know you're not you know better it's sort of an insight a little glimpse into how who you really are and didn't the united states prop him up at one point in time i'm sure yeah i mean we propped up a lot of bad guys yeah <laughs> we've made a lot of deals with the devil you know Cho we've cho we've we've had to choose a, a, a lot of times the lesser of two evils sometimes i get that you know do you think that with all this exposure this stuff all the open discussions of this stuff in America, like it's less and less prevalent. Do you think because more people are aware of all this stuff and more people are aware of these, like it, before this would be in a fucking newspaper somewhere and then it'd be gone. Yeah. Nobody would hear about it. I don't know. That's a good question. But now like people have websites. Yeah. You know, like like tally up all the people that conveniently disappeared. It's, it's, it's harder to get away with now. It's hard. Definitely. And it gets out there. Yeah. 
I think, you know, 9-11 was the beginning of that in a lot of ways. Those kids made that Loose Change documentary. And look, obviously a lot of it's proven wrong, but there are a few things where you go like, that's a little weird. That's a little weird. Well, a well, few th- a few of the aspects. Here's the, w- yeah. the weirdest one where the, the Saudi royals or the Saudi uh, people were allowed to leave the country when That's all the airspace was shut. Yeah, yeah a little like, weird. What happened? What deals did you guys make? Yeah, yeah. A little, it's a little sus. Yeah. yeah, his family members like were <laughs> took planes. Weird. Yeah, uh, passport just uh, passport survived. The... Well, I think when anything happens, when anytime there's an, an event, a big event, people take advantage of it. Whether they orchestrated it, that's a totally different kind of conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. But no one no one denies that governments capitalize on chaos. They capitalize on crises. They capitalize on problems. Disaster capitalism, yeah. They move in. Yeah. Move in. Tighten down the reins. We've got to fix this. Patriot Act. TSA. Yeah. Let me check your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And it's always healthy to question those things. That's the whole point of this country. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, there was this dude, um, I won't, you know, get out of this big show. But anyway, he, a guy, and I believed him, right? He's a former military guy. And um, he was in Iraq. And he said, um, just talking about the military industrial compass, he was like, a lot of what they told us to do was just go into the desert and we would just dump artillery. We would just dump it. Just like it was a way to get rid of old artillery so we could make more, you know, so more can be ordered. Jesus. They just go and they would just level. Fucking drop it. Yeah. And it was off the books, off the river. It was hush hush on the QT. Well, if you want to keep that money coming in. I believed him when it, like, what he said it and he explained to me and the way he was talking about it and the way he knew it. He would, you know, I was just like, Oh, that's something someone who was there knows. Here's a good question. How much accounting is there of how many bullets get shot? I don't know. Yeah. How much accounting? I, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how many times you pull the trigger? What yeah. happened? How yeah. many times did you hit people? Like, is there accounting? I don't think there's a... Probably not. How could you in the yeah. chaos of war? Yeah, who is... Uh, there's no, like... Um, yeah, there's no uh, Justice Department for the military in that way. I guess the military does it somehow, or... Is there sort of uh, internal affairs for the military that checks that stuff? I don't. I don't think there is. So maybe you know, that's what scares me about riots and protests. I think there's like a thing about human beings when we get large groups of people together on the ground encountering other large groups of people. Things get real primal. People go back to like these strange instincts that we had when that was how war was taking place. Like, if you were alive in the 1200s and war broke out, it broke out on the ground. Like, you're running at each other and hacking each other. and It's like a riot. Right. Like a crazy, elevated, super riot. But way worse, right? War, killing, death, destruction, people coming at other people. Like, I think people have, like, this automatic, like, there's a weird thing that happens when there's, like, a group mind if there's a riot. And people are capable of things they would never be capable of any other time. Like, it's almost like you go into, like, war mode, you know? Like, you go into, like, this primal, like, everyone's IQ drops, and everyone gets, like, goes back in evolution. Yeah. Like, 50,000 years. Yeah. Like, everyone gets crazy again. Yeah. Because it's almost like you you're, have a, a, a programmed reaction to large groups of people involved in, like, heavy-duty, like, real conflict. Like, windows are getting shattered, bombs are going off, people are screaming, things are getting lit on fire, like, ah! People get in that mindset. Yeah. 
very like like during the George Floyd protests when you saw people lighting buildings on fire and smashing windows and cops were standing by where people are looting stores like whoa there's a this real, is scary yeah there's a there's maybe it's that ener- that frenzied energy that group think that yes. just escalate you're it right escalates. maybe it triggers something yeah i think it triggers like some old timey shit that's, that's in our dna yeah because I think you had to be ready for when the shit went down if you lived 10,000 years ago. Right. Because the shit would go down like that. Right. Like people just hack each other up. You right. do, like people charge at you like, ah! Like almost like everybody has to act together right. in this chaotic group. Right. Right. Yeah, there's something that happens to humans when they're in a group where it, it escalates. Like, yeah. You even feel it when you're a comedian, when you have like a big crowd. There's like, you feel mm-hmm. this surge of fucking energy. Yeah. Yeah. From them. Yeah. And it's like, and it's real. Like, you feel like you could crush a building with your hands. It's like, the energy is really, like, there's a difference between performing for seven people and performing for the crowds you do. I'm sure you feel like a fucking, you know, it's like, it's kind of like what dictators feel. And maybe well, you feel like a, an orchestrator, honestly. You feel like you're like a conductor. Like, you're just kind of like getting out of your own way and trying to like navigate it and bring everybody together with the jokes and put the bits together correctly and have this wave all come together. That's what you do. You gotta, you're trying to get out of your own way, really. But you feel an energy yes. from them that you sort of it. invigorates you. You get excited, for yeah. sure, but the goal is always to perform the best you can, which if you're thinking about that energy, you're, you're fucking up. Right. Like, you ah. really can't think about that. You really got to think about the bits. You got to be engaged, almost like these are individuals, and you're talking to them almost one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you get in your own way. Yeah. You don't want to get in your own way. Well, you're just trying to do the best with the moment, and, and you're almost like a passenger as much as you're, you're the driver. Maybe you've gotten really used to it because whenever I do big crowds, I feel like uh, I feel powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should never be a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like jacked up. Like yeah. I feel like their energy and I feel like uh, just real jacked up, ready for it. Like if we were, like if I was just like, if I was like, you know, got a standing ovation, I was like, you know what, let's go fucking trash this casino. Ah! Like I feel that like murderous kind of energy. He's a father. There's a thin line. Yeah. <laughs> well, people that are in control of large groups, of people. It's like we were talking about with the sex cults. It's intoxicating. Yeah, it's, it's an gotta elixir. Be. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, humans are not supposed to have that kind of control over that many people. Yeah. And if they did, it was usually like they were the greatest warrior and the chief of the tribe, and there's only 150 people. Yeah. And you knew that guy, he knows where all the poison plants are. He knows how to get water. He's fucking got the most scars on his face. He survived. Yeah. And now it's the guy with the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're morons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they don't know they're morons, which is even scarier. Yeah. Like, as long as the moron knows they're a moron, I think we're probably better off. You do a good job of that because you you've you've dev- you've risen to a point where that you have there's a large group, whether you're performing live or whether you're doing this, and you temper yourself well. You kind of you keep yourself uh, humble and down to earth. That's not easy. You got to stay yeah. normal as much as you can. I think one of the ways that I do that. I mean, I always talk about this ad nauseum, but it's working out really hard. Like, a, you, I brutalize myself so that, like, and cold plunges and saunas and shit like that. Put yourself through difficult shit so that, like, you you have a humility because you're constantly, like, feeling your your weakness and your breaking point. You're constantly exhausted and pushing through. You're constantly, like, reevaluating your capabilities. 
Like if you push yourself to the point of exhaustion, every time you're doing that and you know you have like 30 seconds left in the round and you want to quit, but you don't quit, you're pushing yourself past this very difficult moment. And in that, you get humbled because you're like, oh, my God, I'm such a bitch. And then you sit down and like you, you get exhausted and you wait for that minute to get up and then you do it again. And if you if you could force yourself into doing that, you, you are very like obviously confronted with your limitations, obviously confronted with your weaknesses and uh, like where your willpower is and your character. The most willful person, the most disciplined person is still pretty fucking weak. Still pretty weak. You, you can only sprint for like how long? Yeah. You know, like you, you don't have much in you. You know, so you're, you're, like, co- you're constantly confronted with human yeah. limitations and that sort of informs your humility. You ha- I yeah. think there's something to that. I really do. I think there's something that people that have experienced too much comfort and no discomfort at all and no testing of their boundaries physically. Because people equate testing of your boundaries physically with being like a meathead. But um, I think it's much more mental than people want to give it credit because I think in overcoming your will to quit, because there's a strong urge to quit when you're working out really hard, a strong urge to quit when you're in the sauna, it's 15 minutes in, you got 10 more minutes, you're like, fuck this. There's a strong urge to quit. But in overcoming that strong urge to quit, it builds a mental fortitude and it builds an understanding of your limitations, not of your strengths really. Because you, you're not really impressed with your strengths if you can only do three minutes in the fucking cold plunge. It's not, right. it's not, you're not impressing yourself. You, at the end of the day, you can't wait to get out of that fucking thing because right. you're weak, right? So you know. So you, you, don't, you can't believe you're something special. You're not something special. You that, almost froze to death. That makes a lot of sense. I get that. Like, that hits all the way home. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, I think everyone, and it's, it shouldn't just be the kind of workouts I do. Do yoga. Go on fucking long hikes. Uh, climb hills. Do something physical. That, that humiliates you or, or, excuse me, humbles you. Something that where you, you know that you have limitations. That's why, like, martial arts people, jiu-jitsu people, they're some of the nicest, friendliest people ever. Yeah, fighters, They're always yeah. exhausted. And they're always getting their ass handed to them in the gym. Yeah. Like, even the best of the best are humble. Yeah. You know, in, in many ways. A little bit in comedy, too. You know, joke Fuck doesn't yeah. work. You get humble. You're like, ugh. You think you're better than you are. Then you have a bad show. And you're like, yeah. Sure. And if you really think you're better than the audience or you're better than the material, you're the best. You can be confronted with reality real quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had this, uh, I, I had, I had an interesting thought about you too. Has there ever been anyone in the world, in the history of the world, and this is going to be, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I don't think there has, who's talked to as many people for as long like, I don't think, like, that's some new shit. Like, I'm serious. Like, in a way, you have talked to someone like me, for sure, that's not even that educated. No, but you just talk to scientists just, and. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, the amount and for as long and as intimately, like, what is that doing to your fucking. Like, that's never been done. Nobody's ever talked to the amount of people that you have talked to for as long as you've talked, as intimately as you've talked. Like, hours a week for so long you've got so much like of other people's energy and information and like Mm. there's like nobody's ever done that probably in the history of the world nobody's talked to as many people it's crazy like i don't what does that do like you you gotta i don't know that's a new thing you may be the only dude on the planet who's ever existed who's interacted with so many people's energies on such an intimate level that's interesting i never thought of that that way i just think that i like to do it so yeah. I just keep doing it. I think if I thought about it like that, I'd probably go crazy. 
It's wild though, right? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you could go crazy. You could go crazy and think you're special or something. I'm just I've just done it a long time. Yeah. I just keep doing it. Yeah. But that's what I'm good at doing. What I'm good at doing is doing things a lot. Yeah. I'm good at that. I'm good at like whether I get obsessed with something like playing pool. Yeah. I just play a lot. I, I get obsessed with it. Like martial arts, get obsessed with it. I get obsessed with things. What if, have you found any commonalities? Have you, yeah, about sure. All yeah, yeah, these yeah, different yeah. types of people you've talked to. Oh yeah, for sure. Any huge insights? Yeah, yeah. Because there's like core aspects of people that are fascinating. Um, curiosity is fascinating. Uh, uh, people's um, intellectual discipline and and their ability to. Uh, ascertain whether or not they're being accurate or objective and how they're looking at things and whether they've steel-manned an argument against that, you know, or, or whether or not they're ideologically captured by whatever, whether it's a religious thing or a political thing. Like, why do they think the way they think? And the really fascinating people are, they're, they've thought of that. And they've, they've analyzed their thoughts and their conclusions are more based on an objective assessment of reality and of information than of people that are ideologically based. The ideologically based people often fall apart under questioning, and that's fascinating too. It's fascinating when you confront someone with facts that go against their ideology. And, you know, and I've experienced it personally. It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's uncomfortable personally when you realize like, oh, I have like a flaw in the way I'm thinking. And like that, I should look at things differently. Like, why am I thinking this way? Oh, I've always thought of things this, this way, and I just accept that this is the way things should be. But how much have I really looked at it? And then also, you like what what I was saying that you know some people have like my friend Cam has really good eyes. My eyes suck. Some people have better brains. They just do. Their brains work quicker. They're faster. They have more capacity for information. They can disseminate information better. They're better at communicating. They're, they're better at uh, assessing things and analyzing things. And, and there's a lot of people that are really good at getting out of their own way, and there's a lot of people that aren't. <laughs> Those people are fascinating, too, the people that are constantly tripping over their own dick and fucking up their life. And, and then some of those people are brilliant. Some of those people are some of the best artists. You know, <laughs> yeah. right? I say those of you probably your comic comedy crew. Like, yeah, oh, these guys like to get their own way. <laughs> a lot of them, you know. But some of the my favorite people step on their own dick. Yeah, you know, it's part of being a human, man. And and, and we're always pointing fingers and like trying to say, look what you did, and look what she did, and look what you said. Look, and those those situations are fat like this fucking FTX things. Fascinating. Yeah, I was reading about uh, Elizabeth Holmes today. The um, oh yeah, I don't really, fascinating. She's. Uh, yeah. I I was so I'm so obsessed with those kind of people that just make up some fake technology and con super wealthy people into hundreds of millions of dollars investing in their company. Yeah. Self-made billionaire yeah. and then now facing fucking 20 years in jail. Yeah. And she owes 100 million dollars plus. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Those people exist. I'm fascinated with psychopaths. Um maybe she is one, maybe she's not, but they uh yeah, the way they they have they're so loose with the truth. They just make up anything. I think they get captured by success, too. They yeah. want it to keep rolling. They find ways to fudge the numbers and move this, the needle around and yeah. you know, make it look like everything's better than it is. Eventually, we'll all work it out. It'll all be fine. But certain people just don't have that conscious. To, right. They don't have that guilt or conscious. Like, I'm lying. It's oh, just yeah. not there. Yeah. They just go. And I think there's probably a benefit to that, like in some businesses, to be a sociopath. Oh, oh without a doubt. Oh. Yeah. 
They're yeah. unencumbered by guilt. I mean, you're, yeah. that's true freedom. Yeah, you make decisions <laughs> yeah. based on what's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. think about anyone else. That's a, that's freedom right there. Yeah, you make a phone call, next thing you know, a guy's <laughs> hanging from a tree. Yeah, <laughs> with a shotgun blast in his fucking chest. Yeah. Giannis Papas, you're the fucking man. Thanks. Always love talking to you. Love talking to you. Thanks for having me. I was really me. excited to talk to you because all this crazy shit's going on. I'm like, I know you're going to have opinions on things. Yeah, well, we had a fun time. Yeah. Always, my brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you uh, doing Kill Tony tonight? Uh, no, he uh, he said he overbooked. It was a long time ago he booked it, so he's got, uh, I think Segura's doing it. I said I'll do it next time. So, okay. Yeah, but I'll prob- I'm will i going to come through and probably check it out, whatever. Okay, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. All right, my brother. Yeah. Well, always good to see you. Good uh, to tell see everybody you. your social media, your podcast, all that jazz. Yeah, uh, Long Days with Giannis Pappas. Uh, it's just me solo, uh, ranting away and having fun, and then... Uh, all my live dates, I'm on the road a lot. So GiannisPappasComedy.com, um, just check it out. I'll be in Detroit next, December 1st through the 3rd, Chicago, San Fran. What are you doing in Detroit? I'm doing the House of Comedy. Oh, that's a good spot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Detroit's fun. Yeah. Wild people over there. It's a wild town. Yeah. yeah. Formerly, like, former king. It's like going, that used to be yeah. the richest city in America. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is crazy. Made all the fucking greatest muscle cars ever. Yep. Now it's, I don't know. Well, that's kind of on the come up. A yeah. little bit. Text you know, coming there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening there, but it's still, it's like, fuck, what happened there? Yeah. Kind of wild. That was like the 1950s, just 70 plus years later, it's a wreck. Oh, dude, when you look at old videos on YouTube about like, yeah, just of, of like the middle of the day, how Let's find a video of uh, Detroit in the heyday. Let's let's end on that. It looks let's like... take a look at what Detroit looked like in the 1950s when it was the one of the wealthiest cities in the world. Yeah. It's it, crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. And then you can now you can buy a house for like ten bucks. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. there's a tree growing through the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see those guys from Top Gear? They did that. No, they went and they bought a house in Detroit for like five hundred bucks. Like this is Detroit. That's nuts, dude. It looks like New York now. Detroit, the fabulous fifties. Look at it. Everything's beautiful. Damn. All these amazing cars. Look at everyone's driving around. It looks so clean and beautiful. Packed. The streets packed. are packed. Look at that. Look at everybody's dressed real nice and waving at people and shit and. Look how beautiful those cars are. Yeah. I mean, it's alive. Look at this. Thriving. It was thriving. And the walls come tumbling <laughs> down. Look at that. Look at how it looked back then. Fuck, man. So many beautiful cars. Yeah. All right, my brother. I appreciate you very much. Appreciate it's always good you. to talk to you. Thanks, Joe. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.